Hey everyone, welcome to Ultimate Combo Podcast. It's me, Steven, and my co-host, Zach. Hello. We're back. Yes, we're back. <laughs> and hopefully I can get this episode in a faster time rate this time, because lately life has been stressful in the U.S., and... It does kind of distract me from my own time yeah. with comic books and uh, absolutely. <laughs> it's it, it's really unprecedented. What's going on that minute? Yeah, it's this coin bananas here in the U.S. and I just hope it gets better because it's getting yeah. overwhelming. So yeah, I'm gonna start with the comic book news and let's do it. The first news is is Batwoman is gonna have a a new main character. They're not gonna bother recasting Kate Kane, and they're gonna have her missing. First rumor was that she was gonna be dead. They were gonna kill her off, and people were pissed off about that. And then Caroline dines. One of the main writers of the Batwoman series said that that, that that rumor was false. That she has been talking to Greg Berlanti and she is replacing Batwoman with a new character. A new character will be Batwoman. Kate King will no longer be Batwoman. And fans didn't like that either. <laughs> yeah, it's a I, hard thing to try and explain. <laughs> And I don't like it either. I don't like the direction this show is going. I mean, I wasn't even liking it when it was airing. <sighs> this show yeah. is, is very freaking complicated. And they said they have a new character called Ryan Wilder, which kind of reminds me of... <laughs> I don't know if that's supposed to be a, a fake name that relates to that character that... I mean that Ryan Reynolds played Wild. Oh, yep. Van Wilder, something like that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Is that what it's referencing? I don't know. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If that's what the reference is all about. It makes Bat- me think that that woman by day and uh, party planner by night. Yeah, because I like that. <laughs> you like that. <laughs> It sounds awful. I'm not going to watch it, but <laughs> lean into it, you know? I think that's what it's trying to play as on, because they said that the character of an original creation, she's not from the comic books, not that I, there's no character like that, as I read comic books, and there's no character like that. It said that the character is nothing like Kate Kane, she's likable, messy, a little goofy, and untamed. And... That she, does not sound good. I know. She's a whole new character <laughs> whose past is inspired by Batwoman. So she's going to take on the mantle, but maybe he's not the right person at the time to be doing it. Ugh. Okay. That's one of the details of the character. Yeah, I just don't like the, about the feels about this because the, the story in Batwoman revolves around Kate Kane. A lot. Yeah. And it just kind of seems weird. 
to throw in, take out K-Kane and throw in another character that has nothing to do with the storylines that are in the season. I finished watching Batwoman. I still didn't like it by the season was over. But it's just that, ugh. Because you have the main the main villain of the series, which is Kate Kane's sister, Beth Kane. She has a rivalry between her sister. They just they constantly are arguing with each other, and uh, Kate Kane feels sympathy for her, which drives me off the fucking wall because <laughs> <laughs> she's feeling sympathy for a psychopath that kills everyone every single time. And it's just like, oh, you're forgiven. And it's just like, what? And yeah, they're going to have to go for a whole new story. They're going to have to completely ditch everything. Yes. And or it just won't make sense. Her father is like a police officer. He's in charge of the police force in the series. And he has a relationship with his daughter, which is Batwoman. And it's just like, what's going to happen to that? And then the supporting characters one of the supporting characters is Kate Kane's half sister. I mean, what are they going to do right. about her? Or the whole. And the thing is, Kate Kane's related to Bruce Wayne. His, that's, that's her cousin. And it's just like bringing a whole new character that has nothing to do with Kate Kane or the characters surrounding it is just going to fucking be a clusterfuck. And I just hate that the studio doesn't realize this. CW is being fucking stupid. The writers are just. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like they either should have just recast or just just cancelled the show. <laughs> Honestly, I don't. The reason why I don't like the show because it's nothing like the comic books. Kate Kane is more of a character. Is like if you are a bad person, I'm gonna freaking kill you. I don't care about the law or anything else of that matter. If you're gonna cause danger to yeah. the citizens, I'm gonna kill you. I'm she's because the thing is, she says she's the. She's supposed to be the opposite of Batman. And for her to feel sympathy even for a person that's been a psycho killer doesn't seem like that's who she... That's not who she is in the comic books. It just seems fucking kind of weird. Because she was always inspired to be the opposite of Batman. She wants to be different. And they're not doing that in the show. It's just... A clusterfuck. And it's just... Ugh. I don't like that her father doesn't know her secret identity. Because in the comic books, he always knew her secret identity, and they're just doing that stupid secret identity crap that every freaking show seems to have, where she's <laughs> hiding secrets, and it's just like, she was never about that. She doesn't care about her secret identity. I just don't understand that fucking, that you always have to have the secret identity trope, when even not every character in the comic book universe has it. They just... They just do that for. I just hate when TV shows do it for every single character. It just annoys the shit out of me. Because even Supergirl, for some reason, she has a secret identity in the TV show when she doesn't have one in the comic books. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So, and another thing is that another character is Luke Fox. He's supposed to be the opposite of his father. His father was tech nerd that worked for like Bruce Wayne. He worked for his company. And that's when that's yeah, that's his father. And Luke Fox was like the opposite of his father. He was a UFC fighter. He was he was an intelligent UFC UFC I mean 
He was just as intelligent as his father with technology, but he didn't want he didn't want to be like him. So he decides to be UFC fighter, and eventually the original Batwing decided to give the mantle to him, and he decided to be a mixture of his father and himself. Like he was supposed to be, he was a person who's smart with technology and also a UFC fighter. And in the freaking TV show, he's not hes not even a UFC fighter. He's like a complete copy of his father. And it fucking bothers me that he doesn't, he doesn't even work out or anything like that. He looks like a little stereotypical geeky nerd. And I just tired of the stereotype where a smart, intelligent person has to be a nerd. They can't be a person who's who works out for a living and is a fighter and be smart at the same time. Oh, we have to make yeah. it's just I just hate the whole archetype thing that we have to play to. It's just enough with the archetypes or stereotypes. We have to stop writing has to stop we have to move apart from that. But apparently we're still at that stage. Yeah. It gets old when all of these shows just have essentially the same characters because they're all stereotypes. Yeah. And all the same storylines essentially are being told. And this, like the same, like secret identity tropes and all this sort of thing. Yeah, and they just like make Kate Kane to Batman two and she's not Batman two She's supposed to be different, but they don't focus on. They her. probably haven't even read like the book. <laughs> I, I bet they've just gone. Oh, they, they've got given the title just Batwoman, and they've and they know that her name's Kate Kane, and that's it. And, they, and they've think- just gone from there. And I think they also opened on, they wanted to hype on, hop on to the lesbian hype train because gay characters are popular now. So let's just bring one onto yeah. TV. <laughs> but let's not, let's ignore all her personality and just like bring her as the gay Batman, which is not what she just is. I mean, yes, she's gay, but she's not Batman. She's a different, she's her own character. It just irks me. And the other news that they're also planning to have Scarecrow as a season two villain. Okay. And I don't know how they're going to put, put that into play. Because <laughs> in the first season, they were um, having Hush. And the the end of the episode, you see Hush become... I mean, you see, you see his face revealed as Bruce Wayne. Another thing I'm mad okay. about Hush is that he's a plastic surgeon in the freaking comic books. And guess what? In the freaking TV show, he's not a plastic surgeon. Fucking Batwoman's sister, the villain in this, this is the story, does a plastic surgery for him. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> so he's just a guy. Yes, he's just a guy that's ha- that's Bruce Wayne. He's, he- <laughs> he's just that's- a guy that's that's Bruce Wayne's best. I mean, former best friend from the past, which that is in the comic books. But he's not a plastic surgeon. Wow, that's dumb. <laughs> it's like once again, what? you fuck up Hush. <laughs> he can't that's- get what? Ugh. They first fuck him up in the animated movie, and now they just fuck him up in the Batwoman TV show. Ugh. 
So yeah, he's he has he has Bruce Wayne's face. And I don't know if because there is a drama dynamic with Kate Kane and Tommy Elliot because he's a former best friend of Bruce Wayne. So if you put this new character in, where is that relationship gonna go? I guess yeah. they're gonna throw that character away for Scarecrow. I don't know if that's the case, but I, I think they're probably just going to move as far away from season one as they can. <laughs> so, yeah. Instead, according to the report, Balder is going to don the cape and cow after her mother is killed by Jonathan Kane, also known as the Scarecrow, who will be introduced to season two villain. And apparently, the buddy vigilante steals Kate. King's costume and set out a trap to take the murderer down. So, so I guess they're gonna. The whole Cyrus show is gonna be season one, part two, because they're gonna reintroduce a new character. <laughs> that yeah, they, they're gonna have to redo it. <laughs> Just make it a new show. Just yeah. start again. <laughs> That's what they're doing. Oh my god, this is retarded. Ugh. And so they, you're going to have this new character that's going after Scarecrow. So it's going to be an entire, like an entire new show. And there's rumors that Vanessa Morgan, which is an actress from Riverdale, she's going to play okay. as Brian Wilder. Is I'm not sure, because she's... She, she looks black, but I'm not sure she is. Yeah. Well, yeah, she's she's half Scottish and half Tanzanian, which is a country from Africa. Okay. So, yeah, she's basically is black. But she's from Canada. Yeah, she's she's a... That's, they said there's rumors that she's going to play as Brian Welder. I'll see. I don't know how her acting skills are. I'll have to see about that. I just don't like this whole direction of introducing a new character as Batwoman because then the pop, the I was hoping that this Batwoman show will get the character in the comic books a little bit more popular because once you get characters in some media forms their popularity does skyrocket a little bit. And now that you're gonna have a new character as Batwoman, Kate Keen's popularity is gonna go down. It's not gonna go anywhere. Because this character is being replaced on TV. And it's just like... I don't understand why they couldn't go to the step of just recasting. Yeah. But they said that, oh, Kate Kane is not going to appear throughout the whole season two. Until like the end of season two. And it's just like, why? The whole episode is going to find out where she's been. Because she's missing. And the whole season's gonna be like that, and it's just ridiculous. I am done with this show, to be honest. After hearing <laughs> this news, I just want to move on, and because to me, it's not the character, it's not the Batwoman I wanted. So, yeah. So I'm <laughs> then gonna move on from that character, and just never again. I mean, never again watch that Batwoman series. I tried. To watch the whole season, and I just couldn't stand it. 
So I don't know. I think that. just a lot of those like CW shows just I don't know. They struggle. I think. Yes, they do struggle. I notice because <laughs> I am still enjoying the Flash, but yeah. um, and I still enjoy Legends of Tomorrow, and I. Surprisingly enough, I did enjoy Black Lightning this season. It was like the best season they had. But I didn't like the first. Uh, I wasn't so. Sh- I was mixed feelings with the first and second season of Black Lightning. But the third one really was good. So yeah, I, Supergirl and Batwoman just kills me. And I think Batwoman is even worse than Supergirl. Because <laughs> at least yeah. the Supergirl, the supporting characters are entertaining. It's just the main character, Supergirl, is so annoying. I, she's so badly written. <laughs> I just can't stand her. Yeah. Because, yeah, she's written as, like, a stereotypical liberal social justice warrior character. <laughs> I just can't stand it. Oh. So, so yeah, I I can't... I, I just try to... I try... I... Oh, next Luthor is entertaining in Supergirl. That's about it. So, Batwoman, I just hate all the characters because it's so badly written. It's just not entertaining whatsoever. And I think this whole this whole new Brian Wilder character is going to ruin the show and it's going to be canceled next season. <laughs> yeah, it's probably likely. <laughs> Because, I mean, yeah, the ratings were all... I don't think that... I mean, the ratings were enough to get a second season. They weren't phenomenal. They were 1.4 million, which is not that great, to be honest. And it started going down and down and down after that. And it ended with 700,000 viewers by the season ending. So, that's not good. That means this is... Maybe when the season two starts, maybe like six hundred thousand to four hundred thousand people will be watching it, and usually shows of four hundred thousand, they end up getting canceled. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna move on from Batwoman. <laughs> <laughs> Good idea. I, yeah, it's gonna be rant on it forever. Okay. So the next news is gonna be a difficult one. Harley Sawyer. Elongated Man is fired from The Flash because of past tweets. Okay. His Twitter account, because cancel culture is going nuts now. So, <laughs> <laughs> it really is. They're trying to get rid of everything. So, yeah, someone revealed his old tweets that he had deleted in the past. And they weren't really good tweets at all. They were really bad. Yeah. Um, ugh. I've read some of the tweets, and, it, like, one of them is using, so it might be, you might not like hearing what's read here. It says, one of them says, enjoy a secret booth viewing at a, an audition today. The only thing stopping me from doing mild racist tweets is the knowledge that Al Sharpton would never stop complaining about me. Wow. <laughs> There's another tweet that says, when I find my daughter, I'm going to beat her for having all those man clothes. Oof. Wow. <laughs> oh, my. I know. It's really awful. What? And then it says, outside of 7-Eleven, where I insulted my ex-girlfriend, LOL. Okay. 
Yeah, they're pretty awful teams. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just I think that's I think that's the only tweets I see in this article, but there is a lot of other tweets that he says pretty god awful things. But the thing is he said that in like in like in two thousand and twelve. Not two thousand twelve. Yeah, like he said it pretty much like ten years ago and he did okay. he did apologize about it on on his Instagram page, saying that he's not that person anymore. He was only that person at the time at that time because he was going through a rough patch where he wasn't getting any jobs. So he's was in self destruction mode and he well, he was pretty miserable at that time. But he said that he's no longer that person. He he's changed. He's not racist or sexist or homophobic or any of the sort and and to be honest with you, I kinda do for forgive him for I mean being that way back then because people do change and to me it doesn't seem like he was that type of person as I was seeing him on TV or yeah with fans taking pictures at comic con conventions he was I've people have heard I've heard on Reddit people saying that he was very a really nice person and looked like he didn't really care about skin color so, it's just kind of strange to see that he was this type of person back then. But, yeah, I mean, if he's grown and learned from his mistakes, I think, you know, I'd want to, I'd want to believe him that he has. Yeah. And that you can, you can move past that sort of thing. Yeah. And I kind of wish that they get, they give him a second chance, but the, the writers of the Flash decide not to give him a second chance and they're like, really mad about the situation and yeah i understand that they're it looks like they're mad because of the current climate with the black lives matter movement and it's okay it's causing them to maybe because when people are enraged and angered they don't think clearly so it's just like at the i think at this time right now they're not uh being human about it they're just being cold-hearted and i don't like that because it just to me it just contradicts the meaning of what the show has been about I mean superheroes are always about forgiving someone that that they have when they're no longer the person they used to be and they have changed and giving a person a second chance and it just seems kind of weird that they can't forgive someone who who Used to be, I guess, racist. I'm not sure if he was, but a person is longer, no longer has those, that type of viewpoint that he had back then. And they can't seem to forgive him for that. And it just bothers me because it's like in the TV show, they even forgive criminals, which I, yeah, <laughs> I don't like. And yeah, and. Yeah, they give forgive. They like give the criminals who like killed millions of people, like thousands of people, like like they give them like millions of chances, and it's like ah, oh, it just irks me, <laughs> and it makes I notice about things about superheroes. They're always 
have to like the word of God. It is always, you know, forgive somebody. You know, they do a little too much about forgiving somebody, but it's just kind of weird that, that they do that in TV shows, but they can't seem to do the same thing in real life. They can't forgive someone who used to be a racist and no longer is. And it's yeah. like, to me, what is the point of change if you can't forgive a person for that? To me, then the whole effort of the person changing goes nowhere. Because you're not willing to accept yeah. the change. So, I agree. It's just kind of disappointing they decided to go with that. I And I think they also probably did it because they didn't want to avoid the controversy or whatever. But one of the writers of the Flash TV show gave a statement saying, This morning meant... He said, he said on his Twitter, he says, This morning, many of you learned that Har- Harley Sawyer will no longer be returning on season 7 of The Flash. Concerning his social media tweets, they broke my heart and made me mad as hell. And they're indicative of the larger problem in our country. Because our president, our country still accepts and it protects the continued harassment, unconscious or otherwise terrorizing and brutalizing of black and brown people, which is far off and too fatal. That's why our country stand up again and shouting enough and taking to the streets to bring about active change. I, too, am committed to bringing permanent change to work environment here in The Flash. Yes, it's a family show, but it's for all families. That, that includes black and brown, fa- brown and black ones. In order to facilitate this, I will continue to find brown and black writers, directors, actors, producers of all genders to help tell Flash stories. Their stories are a part of the American narrative, too, and must be heard. And the more you hear and see us, the more you will begin to recognize one simple fact that we're human beings, too. To those who aren't sure why so many Americans haven't taken the streets to make voices known, I ask you to consider this every time a black or brown life is harassed, harmed, or murdered, as the case of George Floyd, um, Aubrey, Brown Taylor, and too many others, our entire country fracture and move further away from any more authority we often claim to have in the world. Murder is not democracy, systematic and institution, white privilege is not equality. Suppressing the free press for violence is not liberty and the only way for you to be free for all of us is to be is for all of us is to be free. Um, I don't agree with certain things he said there, especially with the white privilege because there's, there's poor white people in this country and they are they have as much a struggle as everyone else I digress yeah Yeah. (laughs) but yeah it's just this current climate has changed a lot of people's moods and it's just it's kind of very hard to even read these things and it's just uh, and I think this is why I ugh I don't support the Black Lives Matter organization. I am for the movement because there is injustice going on in this country. Uh, happens a lot, and I think we do need to stop it. But I just don't support the organization because they're trying to like put these this country into like a turmoil where everything is racist, and we have to like 
everything's about race and it's not really about that. The problem with this country is that people of higher power treat the people of lower power like shit. So that's how it pretty much is. And it happens with anybody different, no matter what race they are. I mean, I have dealt with that a lot, too. And I'm not even black. So, yeah. And it just bothers me that we have to get to that point. So, yeah, I just don't understand why they are making a TV show where you forgive people, yet you can't forgive people in real life. So, it's just kind of contradicts the whole time meaning of forgiveness. So, yeah, the next news is... Oh, yeah, another thing I don't like is that I'm wondering where the storyline for this character is going to go. Like, if he's... Yeah. Is he going to... I mean, I, I'm, are they going to recast the character? There's no news on that. And the, I, the only thing I could be acceptable about is, like, if they recast the character with uh, a new actor, like, let's say... Because there's a certain storyline in the comic books that Elongated Man decides to become a character called Big Shot. And he's like... He has like, he's like, he was he come becomes like a criminal, like stealing stuff. But he joins a secret six, and being with him, being around him, they are actually the the criminals actually find redemption with themselves and long, no longer be criminals, and they actually start being heroes. And he was a char- he was disguising himself as a as a character called Big Shot, and he was like a giant character with, I guess, I mean he was he has his powers, but he was like a a big fat guy, and so he was like a different he was disguise disguising himself as someone else. So I wouldn't mind if they use that storyline as for Ralph Dibney, like have a different actor play. Elongated Man as Big Shot, and yeah, maybe. I mean, he could be that character for a long time, and maybe when they're ready to forgive him, they can just have Harley Sawyer again. I don't know if they're ever gonna forgive him, but I'll see. I have some. I try to hope that humans could move past the anger and forgive people. But I don't know. Only time would tell. <laughs> But yeah, another news that's coming up is Jerry Conway claims the Punisher logo for Black Lives Matter. Yeah. And he decides, he launches a campaign that uses the character's logo and he describes it as a force of oppression and for it's going to be a new symbol for Black Lives Matter movement. He said, for far too long, the symbol has been associated with characters I co-created, have been co-opted by forces of oppression, and to intimidate black Americans. Conway said an announcement that this character and symbol is never intended as a symbol of oppression. It's a symbol of systematic failure of equal equal justice, and it's time to claim the symbol for the cause of equal justice and Black Lives Matter. And... He made a bunch of T-shirts with uh, Franny's. I mean, this website says it's 
furniture iconography for Black Lives Matter anti-racist messages. I mean, I wouldn't say anti-racist messages because most of them are just shirts that says Black Lives Matter. That's all it is. (laughs) They don't say much of anything else. And there's only one shirt that I like, which is the one that has the Punisher skull and says Black Lives Matter on the bottom. The one that's shown on the on the article and the other ones were are pretty crappy. They're not that great. The art is uh I just don't know how I just don't I don't like the way I feel about this. I mean, cuz uh I know Jerry Conway has been a person that's always hated cops and is not be- he's hated cops even before they started using this symbol that he claims is for oppression. I don't I don't know if there's any proof of that. There really hasn't been any proof of that. But I noticed his hate for cops since before all of this has been happening. I mean, yeah. he, <laughs> he hated cops. He had, like, a really bad view of cops. And there was a certain storyline in Amazing Spider-Man uh, that he was writing of, of a couple of years ago. It was when... Spider-Man was working in his... I mean, for Parker Industries, he was working... He was owning his own company, and it was falling apart. And he started taking the... He was... After Dan Slott left the comic books, he wrote... He wrote a a tiny... Like a... He was only on the comic book for, like, five issues. His run didn't really last that long. It was pretty terrible. And he's not that great of a writer. I mean, he's pretty bad. I know people like it for nostalgia sense, but it's whatever. <laughs> anyway, he had like a storyline where he is Peter Parker is working with what is it? Yuri wants to be, which is a cop, and she's also a superhero named Spiral, and she had like she also had she had like. Wants to go revenge on a on a person who killed her her officer that she had a relationship with, and I don't know for some reason Jerry Conway was making Peter Parker treat her like shit because she's a cop, and I didn't appreciate that. I was really hating that series, and mm. it made me feel uncomfortable. And there was times where, like, the thing is the. The character Yuri wants to be. There's this part in the. I made a mistake earlier. Her name is actually Raph, not Sparrow. That's the name of the volume. And in the book, there's like in the tail end of the story, there's a part where where Spider-Man and and Raph are actually fighting Mister Negative, and there's a part where. Spider-Man does the most jerkiest thing ever. He freaking just takes Raph into a certain location, pulls her away from the fight, and just punches her in the fucking rooftop. So fucking rude. He just pulls her to the freaking rooftop, punches her, take her away from the battle so he can fight Mr. Negative himself because he only likes to do things a selfish way. And it just uh, it puts Spider-Man in a very rude point. I just didn't like that and 
is this like he could have, you know, teamed up with Wrath instead of just punching her out of selfishness to help? I mean, to, you know, you know, take down Mr. Negative? I mean, that's what heroes are supposed to do. They're supposed to do teamwork, even when they don't agree with each other in certain viewpoints. They shake it off and find ways to fucking fight for the greater good. But apparently, in this way, he didn't do that. He just punched her out of selfishness, anger reasons that he can't, he can't control or try to understand from her viewpoint. He just punches her and takes the villain down his own way by himself. And I don't know, but that kind of bothered me. And by the way, I also did find out what issue, if you want to go into more detail what issue this is. I already said the volume is Amazing Spider-Man. It's a spiral. It collects Amazing Spider-Man 2014 number 16.1 through 20.1. If you want to look into that yourself and come up with your own opinion on what's going on here. so It's very out of character. Yes. He's well. <laughs> big he's big in support for the the police there you know yeah and it's just kind of weird that in this comic book he hates the cops and he has no respect for the police force so he always had that attitude about police force and that was before the punisher symbol thing started happening and yeah to me it just even fueled his anger even more for cops so to me i don't I don't like his view upon things. It's just, okay, you're just using your anger on everything. And it's just like, that doesn't excuse you for bad behavior. Sorry. But, yeah, I just also don't like that he's using the Black Lives Matter movement because this is like, there's one thing he mentioned on his website that if, like, if the goal isn't reached or met, that they will, they will just not make any of the shirts for the people even though they order them and yeah. I don't like things like that because it's like he's trying to make profit off of you. Even though the goal did reach, did, I'm not sure people did get their shirts. I hope they did because I wouldn't want that to happen to them but I people just have to be careful where they put their money into things because you shouldn't put money into things that you don't know where the money is going and you you have to make sure that uh that this money is going to the the going to help people because I have the reason why I don't support the Black Lives Matter organization is because we don't know where the money is going to and all this rioting and looting that's been happening with the it's a lot of black business owners that have suffered because of this. And their money, they're not getting any support from it. So it's like, is it really helping black lives? I don't know. To me, it seems like they're just taking the money off of us and profiting off of it. And we don't know what they're doing with it. Because there's no, there's no information out there telling us where the money goes. Yeah, and there's definitely just, there's definitely some people that, that are out there for the wrong reasons just trying to, you know, get some free stuff by looting. So... I think yeah. the looting is horrible. Yeah. And I just, I mean, I just wish that, you know, Black Lives Matter, the organization would give money to those, you know, 
those businesses that have been suffering at this because this protest because they believe what's going on and they should you know get the help that they deserve but to me i don't see that happening and it's kind of sad i don't i really don't appreciate that so yeah and i don't know how i feel about the the punisher symbol because the thing is i mean about cops using it because you really don't know why the cops using it for because every person could have their own meaning and it's just like people saying that oh we should be marvel should do something about it and sue them and like the thing is they're not making profit off these symbols they're buying it and doing whatever the hell they want with it i mean you can't do anything about that they're not making any profit of it the only way you can do something about it is they are making a profit off of these symbols and they're not the symbol that people are it's just like people making unlicensed shirts but that's nothing to do with the cops that's just people making the product and selling it on the internet or in some store because i have seen them in stores where like you see a t-shirt with the punisher symbol with the with the blue flag on it whatever the blue line flag on yeah, it yeah yeah and you see shirts like that in the malls and they have the merchandise like that and that has that's the cops are not making those products it's the store itself and i've heard that those things are not being licensed by marvel and that's kind of Marvel's fault for not controlling that in the first place, but now it's just so many things that's making it. And I don't know if they're going to waste their time trying to put every single store business that sells those products unlicensed. <laughs> they're going to they're gonna waste a lot of money doing that, taking every freaking company to court. And I don't think they're going to want to bother yeah. with that. So I don't think they're going to yeah. stop it. To be honest, and the cops are not making any profit of this. It's just like they're. It's just like when someone buys a T-shirt of the Punisher and do whatever they want with it. Once you buy the product, you can do whatever you want with it. It just there's nothing you can go against that. That's freedom of speech. You can or expression. That's once you buy yep. something, you do you could do whatever you choose to it. So that that. They don't, I don't think they understand that. And I just wish people could understand how laws work in here. So, yeah, this and this, this campaign is not going to stop that. People are still going to do whatever they want with the symbol. And you're just going to have now people doing it for Black Lives Matter and doing it for police. That's just going to be, yeah, <laughs> it's not going to completely stop it. Nothing's ever going to stop it. It's like, Trying to stop people from the wearing Confederate flags or having Confederate flags somewhere, they're always gonna. There's always gonna be someone out there wearing the flag. I mean, showing the flag. Even though I don't like that flag either. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's gonna be. There's always gonna be something out there like that. There's no way we could ever completely stop it. And there is a Punisher series that gives a positive aspect of why the military, at least the military, on why they wear the symbol. 
It's on the Punisher series made by is is Nathan Emerson, and he has a particular story where where Punisher has a friend from the military, and the friend is inspired by Punisher, and they establish a good relationship, and he goes back into the army, and he has a Punisher symbol, and he has like a team of people that work for the military and wear the Punisher symbol. And and they have a more positive story and what they believe the Punisher symbol is for. And I do like that story. So I don't have the same viewpoint about the Punisher symbol as Jerry Conway does. So I don't know if that's what the cops use it for. I People use it for different things. It's just a symbol. It could mean anything. And... I've heard that the symbol is a symbol of rebellion, so maybe it's a rebellion of way the this the system of the of the way you know I don't know if the the symbol of the government has been for the cops or maybe they don't want the they don't want the justice system to be broken anymore and they're trying to fix the justice system, so they're using that symbol as a way of of fixing it. So I don't know what is I don't know if it's about oppression or something else. We don't know. You have to ask the cops personally and see what they why they had that symbol as for themselves. So I don't know. Everyone has their own type of meaning of what the Punisher symbol is. It just it's not just all yeah. one thing. So yeah, I that's my feels about that. Hey, I just wanted to add one more thing. After I did this podcast, I did some research on the Punisher symbol with the blue line on it. And this is a website called tacticalprosupply.com. And they have a reasoning why they actually, what the symbol actually means to them. So I'll put the link in the description just for you to look at it yourself and think of your own opinion about it. But this is what they say so far. I'm going to read it just in case those people that can't have access to the link as, so, as you know, they're listening to your car or something. So here it goes. It says, do you remember when you last saw the Punisher logo? The Punisher logo is a common symbol seen on T-shirts hats, and even bumper stickers and wheel covers. But other than Marvel's popular character, the Punisher, do you know what the symbol means and why the soldiers in the U.S. military love it? One word, justice. But first, let me start from the beginning. The Punisher logo structure, that's this is covered in like, I think, three, three paragraphs. Like, yeah, three topics to focus on. They first go with the Punisher logo structure. It says, Man has been using skulls throughout antiquity to intimidate, intimidate enemies, to warn off danger, to beckon the morale questionable, and to mark our death's vaults. It's hard not to react when viewing a human skull. After all, it's a direct confrontation of our own mortality. The only way to see a skull is after death and after decomposition. That's pretty profound. Our depictions of death or the Grim Reaper always includes a skeleton. 
interesting enough, the Grim Reaper symbolizes a wis- a wisdom as spooky as it sounds. Death knows when and how our lives will end. We have long placed a lot of emphasis on hu- on the human skull for more than thousand- 10,000 years. In some ancient cultures, elders will even elongate the skulls of a certain infant to improve their social status. Elongated skulls were create, would create an impressive de- display of an extreme skull after death. Cunning use of skulls catapulted some of the greatest military machines to legendary status. Ancient Roman headhunters would gather the heads of a fallen fallen enemies and gladiators display in them in open pits to strike terror and their enemies and the local populace. The Incas sacrificed leaders of their foes and then turned their skulls into elaborate drinking cups. Genghis Khan built towers made with made with the skulls of his. The skull continues to pop up in modern culture, which brings me to the Punisher logo. And goes another paragraph is enter Frank Castle and his Punisher logo. This and it continues. The skull continues to pop up in the modern culture as well. Fast forward to 1974, when Marvel Comics first introduced the Punisher in Amazing Spider-Man number 129, written by Jerry Conway with the and with the help from Stan Lee. We meet Frank Castle, a Marine veteran with special forces training. The story starts with Frank witnessing a mob executing a family in Central Park. Outrage. Frank launches into a full-fledged vigilante hell-bent on killing criminals where he finds them. Frank decorates a black shirt with a large modified white skull with elongated teeth emblazed on the front of the shirt. Since his, in- since his introduction, the Punisher continues as one of Marvel's most popular heroes. Multiple comics, four movies, and a current Netflix series showcasing Frank Castle's strict code of right and wrong. Fans love Frank Castle or the Punisher. Balanced by a sympathetic backstory, his unbashed productivity is to use violence, serve to strength in his moral code. Frank didn't start out as a bad guy, and he didn't act to be a hero, but he understands he has to step up to defend the innocent. Does that you know, when it says Frank Castle's strict code of right and wrong, they both did that one, and they both did, he understands that he has to, he had to step up to defend the innocent. So there's key words there that they want you to know what they mean and what they'll where it's all about the Punisher symbol with the blue line on it. That's what they're mostly intended to looking for. I mean, what it means to them. Okay, so here's the last paragraph is why we like the Punisher. The Punisher isn't a superhero. He's a straight up hero, a man of flesh and blood who uses a tool he knows. The ones that he tried to handle with his handle while in the special forces. He uses handguns, sniper rifles, knives, grenades, and even his own bare hands if he must to re- if he must to wreak justice on criminals. Since the colonial times, the, men- the American military has used the skull imagery 
to adore the equipment and that tradition continues today with incorporation of the Punisher skull. Navy SEAL Team 3 sniper Chris Kyle received several awards for active heroism spread across for tours of war in Iraq. He was one of the many SEALs who painted the Punisher symbol on his weapon and vehicle. Chris Kyle loved the Punisher symbol so much they used it in the logo for the company he started at the left of service. The Punisher symbol also signifies brotherhood. Frank Castle's life is colored by his time in, in the service. His military code dictates accountability, responsibility, and that's the only beginning of what drives him. Then they put in bold, guided by strength, perseverance, tenacity, and decisiveness. That's where the bolt ends. Okay, so I'm going to go on. Castle's dedication to freedom and justice draws parallel to many who serve in the military. Does the Punisher drive you? And they put this on bold as well. The Punisher is a common soldier. That ends it, the bold lettering there. Then Castle, ambient relationship with the military parallels the experience of many who, many who have served. On one hand, Frank hates the immoral bureaucrats who send the naive soldiers into war. On the other hand, Frank loves his fellow brother warriors who have helped him cope with better realities of the, serv- of the service. The brotherhood remains as he faces the tragic realities when he returns home from service. The Punisher logo serves as a bond of brotherhood for those in service, a reminder that those who serve are not alone and that they stand beside their brothers and sisters in service. An American flag often covers the skull of the Punisher logo in the USA. The Punisher logo is often symbolized with red or with blue. The red line signifies the thin red line of courage of firefighters, and the blue line recognizes the law enforcement of officers. Another meaning for the blue line on the Punisher symbol is to honor those who fell in the line of duty. But what what about the criticisms of the Punisher logos? Everyone's got an opinion about the Punisher. Yes, there's been criticisms about using the Punisher logo, and especially for law enforcement agencies. Police forces in New York and Kentucky put the Punisher symbol on their squad cars and got a lot of reaction to it. The stated reason for the logo edition was to celebrate Blue Lives Matter, which advocates for the safety of the police. Critics say the, sim- the emblem is the logo of a criminal, a vigilante who operates the Saudi law. The argument is that it is not an appropriate symbol for the, for the police to use. Most officers disagree, however. They state that the, in bold letters, they put, the Punisher logo serves a, as a warning to criminals that if they commit violent acts, the police are coming f- for them. They end the bold there. But despite the criticism, there's no doubt that the Punisher symbol has meaning. And then they also put this in bold. First and foremost, when the criminals see that the skull is on the Punisher shirt, they know that justice is coming. The vote ends there. The skull elicit fear and those long, ugly teeth are likely the last thing that the criminal will see too. Military personnel and law enforcement enjoy, enjoy using the Punisher symbol for these reasons. 
And for these same reasons, justice is coming and it starts with me. Whether you think the Punisher symbol is totally badass or a totally bad idea, it's here for the long run. Frank Castle settles wrongs, acts any cop or service member, member who's seen the bad guys walk, and you can understand the Punisher appeal. What do you think about the Punisher symbol? Do you wear the Punisher logo with pride? That's what it says here. And it seems like to me that the Punisher symbol with the blue line, the blue with the United States flag, is nothing negative. And it, it boggles my mind that people still continue to see this as a negative viewpoint on things. And it bothers me that the creator of Punisher instead of having some appreciation for this, he's finding some way to be negative about it. And it just bothers me. Instead of being inspired about what, what impact has the character made for the police and the military. It's kind of disappointing. That's all I have to say about it. And I noticed, and the thing is, when they mentioned Chris Kyle, I did look into him too. And I noticed that Chris Kyle did did pass away, and okay, they said in his Wikipedia, it said Chris Kyle was murdered by Eddie Ray Ralph at the Rough Creek Lodge shooting range near Truck Mountain, Texas. A former Marine with post-traumatic stress disorder, Ralph was found guilty and sentenced to life in prison without parole. Okay, so he was killed by by some man named Eddie Ray Ralph. And the thing is that a lot of people use the symbol as an honor on his death of what he stand for and as a way to honor his memory. So, again, another thing that's not even negative, but people continue to see this as a negative thing. And it's kind of messed up. They, they view this as a negative thing when someone, they're trying to honor someone who died, who represent as a positive role model for, for risking his life. I mean, for, you know, risking to save others in the line of duty. Because I remember in the American Sniper, he was, it says he was honorably discharged, honorably discharged. But I remember they mentioned in the movie, I never saw the movie, but someone had told me that he, in the movie, you do see him shooting a child. I know it was... That's not they shot a child, but he did it to save his men. Because the, the child was going to end up killing his his men, his, you know, brother in arms. And he risked, he risked his, his life, risking a life where it's going to ruin his reputation for shooting a child just to save his brothers in arms. So, oh no, it was not a child. In the store, in the movie, he was po- he shot a woman that was carrying a grenade, and she had a toddler in her hand. So in that way, he risks his reputation. He puts reputation line just to save his men, and I kind of do honor that in some kind of way. Because if he if he allowed the woman to throw the grenade and to kill the men that there. It would have caused more casualty than actually saving the child. And to be honest with you, I think the child was going to die anyway because she already had the grenade in her hand. So 
by the time she throws a grenade, it probably would have been very ugly. I mean, it would have probably blown up the baby that way. So, so either way, the baby would have been killed. So there's no way to save the child. So I don't know why people are even getting into that. Oh my god, I shot a child when the child was going to be killed either way. So either the grenade, which is the woman, his the, the child's mother, or the soldier itself saving his men. So, so yeah, that's what I remember hearing some a story that was similar to that in when people were talking about the movie. So he was remembered for that, saving his 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 fellow men, and people honored him for that, and they wanted to honor his memory after he passed away, and a lot of people did that with holding the Punisher symbol. And even with that Punisher story, even that Punisher story I mentioned earlier in earlier in the podcast, there's a specific Punisher issue that's that is based on that. And the Punisher issue is okay. Apparently it's two issues of storyline. Is Punisher the is from the Punisher series is from Nathan Emerson. Is in the Punisher issue number seven and eight. Also you could look in Punisher Volume Two called a Border Crossing. So yeah, that story details a special forces man, a military soldier, yeah, from the special forces. He is investigating the Mexican cartel and he got lost. He got separated from his uh, from his fellow military men. And in that story he as he's lost and trying to run away from crossbones and some guy who owns a Mexican cartel, he ends up bumping into Frank Castle. Frank Castle helps him escape, take down Crossbones and the, the guy from the Mexican cartel. And as that's happening, the guy, the guy in the military, I mean, from the Special Forces, he noticed that Frank Castle doesn't actually die. He makes it, the story makes it lead into a way that he that the the guy thinks he died, so he thinks Frank Castle died. And when he gets, when Frank Castle finds a way, you know, to lead him to safety, to be with his fellow men that was looking for him, that he's lost with, he ends up rejoining the men that he was was with him in the beginning. So yeah, he's with his men again, and after he joins his men, the fast forwards. So maybe a couple of months later, where he's in the military and he's out there doing his war duty and he's wearing the Punisher symbol as a way to honor Frank Castle's death. They risked his life to save him. So you see, in a way, it does honor that storyline of Chris Kyle, of what happened with his story. So in a way, there is a story that resembles that. And it's more of a positive story than the whatever, I hate to say it, I mean, the other story that with the Matthew Rosenberg 
did with the Punisher symbol in his Punisher series. And it's odd that no one remembers this series with Nathan Emerson. It's funny how that works. People only remember one story, not both. So, next time when you want to discuss these things, try to mention that story, too. That's why I want people to to look into and talk about both stories, not just one side that goes according to your viewpoint. But yeah, it seems like it's not really anything negative. So according to me, you could take a negative if you really want to, but I see something positive in it and I don't see anything negative about what's going on here. So that's I rest my case for that part of the podcast. Another thing that's going to happen is that a Black Lives Matter organization is going to make a little feature, I guess. It's going to be called the Plague Nerdlets. That's what I think it's pronounced. I don't know how to pronounce it. Anyway, they're going to have a bunch of movies, stars, and actors, whatever. media, A whole bunch of media stars, which is like... They're going to have a writer-journalist, Mac Bernardin, parents of writer of Alphas, Castle Rock, Critical Role, and Star Trek Pie Card. They also have, I mean, they were, is made by the, they, the writer of Mark Bernardin, Bernardin. He says he's got, he got, they had the writer of him and Derek A. Hughes and Lamont Maggie. They, are rounding up a whole bunch of celebrities in the nerd entertainment to recite monologues of best from for some of the best films and shows in geek and cinematic canon. You know, comic book writer Hannibal Tabu. She's written he I guess he I mean, I don't know. He's written Time Course, Project Wildfire and they said that they're also going to have the first wave will include Jonathan Frakes, Tr- Trisha Helfer, Phil Lamar, Damian Paltier, Ton, Todd Shastwick, Brea Grant, David Damakian. And they're also going to have Grant Gustin and Kevin Smith in the second wave. And I think those people in the first wave need to get some names that are easier to pronounce. <laughs> I know I was having difficulty how to fucking pronounce it. <laughs> it was really getting annoying. It's like, ah, uh, it's not their fault. They, those names are given to them. <laughs> it's just hard to pronounce names. Okay, the second wave has too many people. I'm not gonna late say those names. Oh my god, that's like freaking twenty people. <laughs> I I just don't like this kind of thing because they just they're to me it's it's like they're trying to get the nerd culture into this movement and I don't mind that it's just that uh what bothers me is that they gotta do a whole bunch of pandering and it's just like can we move on from this like enough with the because to me it's gonna be a whole nother probably another PSA where there was like a video of a whole bunch of white actors forgiving means apologizing for having white privilege and they are asking for donations of Black Lives Matter organization and I'm just like 
okay, now you're just probably abusing your power and trying to use make more profit off of this the nerd the nerd culture to donate money to Black Lives Matter organization and we have no idea where this money is going to and it's just like I just hate that mainstream media is getting into this thing and it's just like come on enough with the pandering of 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 the <laughs> white privilege and and how yeah. it just drowns me out and I'm just getting sick of it I just want everything to be back to normal and I don't want any more chaos. <laughs> and the reason why I don't like the Black Lives Matter organization because their focus is only on police brutality and they're, they ignore black-on-black crime that has been happening a lot since the protests. And... Another thing is that a lot of people have died in the protests and they're not a single name is on the website or mentioned anywhere on their their website. And I appreciate that there's people out there in the protests as mentioning the names of the people that died in the protests. I really honor that. And I hope they keep chanting those people's names because they have fought for what they believe in. And I don't like that the Black Lives Matter organization has not mentioned any about anything about those people that died. It just seems like they don't care yeah. about all black lives. They only care about certain black lives. And it just bothers me that they have this name, this word saying Black Lives Matter, but they don't care about all black lives. They only care about some of them. And just like to me, you have to care about all of them. You can't just be selective if that's your catchphrase, if that's your name that you put in your organization. You have to... I mean, why are you using Black Lives Matter if you're not caring about all black lives? So it just bothers me to even see that. Because there's been a, a whole lot of people that's been dying in the protests. There's people that have been hung on, on trees, which is very disheartening to even hear about. There's been yeah. black transgenders that I think two of them had died, and there's a lot of black people dying, and there's not even there's some people that people that are not even black that's that is dying as well, and it's just kind of sad that none of their names is on the web page, and no one it's like no one cares besides the people that's protesting out there for, I mean yelling those people's names and I always appreciate that there's people out there that's doing more than what this organization is saying they're doing. They're actually putting more effort than the organization itself. So I do commend those people for doing that. And I just wish this organization could do a lot better when they are not. That's why I don't I have strong feelings like uh, I have a lot of anger towards the organization because I don't feel like they're doing much better. So, yeah. And I don't like that this culture has that they have brought to this movement because a lot of actors have been questioning themselves of whether they're racist or not. And this one thing that is sort of sending me like a red flag and I'm getting worried about is that 
uh, Grant Gustin is <laughs> reading a book saying how to how to be active anti-racist and it's just like why are you reading a book about that I mean I thought she knew not to be hot already how to not be a racist is that is really easy to not be racist just don't be racist and treat everyone with respect no matter what skin color they are I mean if you're gonna judge I mean if you're gonna start thinking in your head every single time how do I have to treat this person because they have this skin color that's a mind of a racist because you're thinking about how you're supposed to treat a certain person based on skin color when you're not supposed to treat anybody based on skin color. You're supposed to treat them as human beings. And it's just like, dude, come on. Why are you reading a book like that? And it's just like, you say words matter and your words are not even... Because he said it with the whole Hartley situation. He, he didn't like what Hartley had said in the past. And he says words matter. You say words matter, but for some reason you don't even forgive the words that Harley has said that you apologize for. So I you have to you got if you just say words matter, at least try to follow the meaning between be behind words matter if you're gonna say something like that. And just uh I don't know. It's just <laughs> people are saying things without actually thinking about it. But I yeah. digress. And I really do like Grand Gustin's the Flash. I don't want to target him for anything. I hope he continues to have his job. It's just that I don't know. It's just like I just don't like seeing things like this and it's just everyone is split up in different opinions and viewpoints and it's just like this is constant fighting that is going on in this country. I just wish it, it was just stop. And I feel like the Black Lives Matter organization is not really helping that. They're increasing the the anger that's been going on in this country. So apparently another thing that's been happening is that eight like I have an article that says eight comic book stores and there's four more. Yeah, that's that's that adds up to twelve character I mean twelve comic book stores. Eight plus four, yeah. Twelve comic book stores have been rooting, mean damaged with rioting and looting during the protests in the USA. There is Golden Apple Comics, Los Angeles, Calif- Los Angeles, California, High D High Comic Books of Los Angeles, California, Japan, LA, Grand Crackers, Challenger Comics, Top Cut Comics, Dreamhaven Comics. Books and comics, Crazy Fred and Cards and comics, and they all like across different states, like Chicago. I mean, they are in like Chicago, Illinois. Most of them are in, in Los Angeles, California. You have Downtown Comics, The Laughing Ore, Uncle Hugo Science Fiction Bookstore, Atomic and Atomic Basement. So yeah, there's been a lot of comic books has been stolen and damaged and. Uh, yeah. It's just horrible to even see that comic book services are already suffering because of this rioting and looting during this movement. That's another and thing. And with the virus and everything, this this could definitely be the nail in the coffin for a lot of these stores. Yeah, a lot of them, I think, are 
probably out of business now because they are getting things stolen and the cops can't protect them for much longer because they are dealing with the protests and it's just it's this chaotic chaoticness going everywhere i mean there has been i've been seeing bad cops out there too and i have seen bad civilians and out there and there's good civilians too and there's good cops out there too but it's just i mean it's just going chaoticness everywhere i don't like seeing this that's why i've been having headaches because it's just like a lot of stressfulness is going on in this world today but yeah it's getting very disheartening to hear all this and i kind of wish that the black lives matter organization can be a little bit more organized with this stuff like they could have made protests around the country that that is organized by the organization and try to disrupt I mean, not to to stop the violence from happening it's like people have been doing it themselves outside of the organization that's why i always like there's people that are protesting out there because there's people that's trying to do the opposite of what's been going on here and it's just they're doing more what the organization even does so i mean the organization just took his money and ran that's what i see <laughs> they just because they have not have any media attention as of late now like they're they only had their their media attention for like the first maybe two weeks and then all of a sudden they have not said anything as this movement is still going on and it just bothers me why they're quiet and haven't done much of anything so yeah <laughs> I just don't like hearing things like this. It's just, uh And these comic book stores are already suffering through the coronavirus. So this is like, yeah. put them the final nail in the coffin. And it's just not going to go anywhere. So, yeah. All right. So enough with that. This is depressing news. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is now going to move all, move on from that. Another one is DC is leaving Diamond and they're making UCBS and Lunar as a new DC shipping company, DC comic shipping company. So it was true what I was saying of like the last podcast that there, I was assuming that they were going to make a new company out of all these out of this and they did they made their own shipping company with these two shipping companies they were making deals with for the past month during the coronavirus so dc is no longer to have any relationship with diamond so now they're making their own shipping company to ship comic books and it's it said that the reason DC has stated the the reason why they're doing this because they said DC has been analyzing its direct market distribution for some time, long before coronavirus, specifically in the light of sustained stagnant market growth. The time of the decision to move from Diamond was ultimately dictated by the fact that DC's contract with Diamond has expired. But incidentally, the disrupting coronavirus to the market has required DC. To forge ahead with a larger growth strategy that would benefit both the direct market and DC. 
So, yeah, they decided to do that to make their own shipping company to to better themselves with the market. So, so they did because ex- people were complaining about that they had left Diamond, and they decided to extend their relationship temporarily. Yeah. They said that because before it was June 15, it was going to cut it off, but now they decided to cut it off after June 23rd. Uh, the news is kind of outdated, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah. So they already are. They're going to try to fulfill their, their, the reorders through July 31st. So it's not completely over. So I guess yes, they'll, Stop the orders from Diamond after June 31st. So people have prior to June 23rd to order comics from Diamond. After June 23rd, the they'll stop orders and people won't finish their orders to July 31st. That's what it basically is. So yeah, and they said that for retailers, their cutoff date is... For Diamond is final order cut is off as June first or before through mid December. They are DC is making is that's the months that they are they made a deal for Diamond for the comic books and at the same time they are gonna ship comic books through US CVS and Lunar, which is their new shipping company and I I saw this coming. I I knew they was going to end up making this as their own shipping company. And I don't see any problem with it. Because to me, people are still getting their comic books this way. I don't think it really matters. It's coming from a different company now. I don't know if the comic book stores, the reason why they're pissed off. Because they then probably have to now pay two companies to ship comic books. They have to probably pay Diamond and DC shipping company. So I think they don't want to have to pay two of them. So maybe that's why they're angry. I can understand that. But it is what it is. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. So yeah. So do you have any opinions about make them making their own shipping company? I don't know. I mean, I guess it could turn out good for them. To just have it all in-house and do it on their own. But I don't really know if there's too much of a need for it. Oh. <laughs> but, I, get- I don't know. I, I'm, I am interested to see where it goes and see how Marvel and all these other companies do it. Because I, know, I assume that we're going to be pushing the uh, online sales a lot more. So this is maybe just rather than stores, online sales and then shipping it directly to people might be another way to go. For hard yeah. copies, anyway. Yeah, I think they. I mean, yeah, I think they could start doing that, right? Now that DC has their own shipping company, they can probably start shipping comic books to people directly, and does that make more comic book stores suffer? <laughs> oh yeah. Ugh. So yeah, it's just this is gonna. I yeah, I don't. I really don't mind this because. To me, it's just another shipping company, and I understand. I think DC did this because they didn't want to depend on Diamond anymore because Diamond had been has been delaying comic books because of the coronavirus, and DC doesn't want to deal with that. 
you know, they're making ads about staying home and and being safe, yet they're <laughs> getting impatient of Diamond not shipping comics because of coronavirus. Kind of yeah. contradicts their viewpoint. Anyway, that's humans for you. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it for that one. I don't know what that what opportunities that will bring for them to have their own shipping company. I guess I'll see. Another news is coming up is that for some reason there's this article says that AT and T wants to sell WB Games. And well, okay. I don't like to hear this news. And is it the AT and T is looking to sell the studio for four billion? And according to sources, they are trying to talk with companies like. Taitsuv Interactive Software, Electronic Arts, and Activision Blizzard to see if they will buy the division of WB Games. I think this is especially bad because I'm pretty sure WB Games are expected to uh, announce new like DC property. Yeah, uh, games. I've I do have I am going to talk about that later on because I do have information on that. They, yeah, there's a lot of games that they are announcing. I heard there's gonna be a bat, there's gonna be a new Batman Arkham game. There's gonna be yep. a Suicide Squad game, and Injustice yep. Three. I mean, like, come wow. on, yeah, what are you, on. what are you thinking, AT and T? What is wrong with you? Why would you want to sell your own video? Why would you want to sell the video game division of WB? Like, ugh, this is not good for me. Because they said that they were still, like, profit off of this. Like, they were still, like, they will sell the company and still have that company make the games for them. And they will still get money off of that. And I'm just like, okay, then what is the difference? What's the point of selling the company? We're going to try to still have, take money from them. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> it just seems fucking greedy. <laughs> <laughs> it's just awful and it's just I don't want to see eventually the Batman games be made from a different company if they are sold if this WB games is going to be sold to a different company then that means what if the, the, the WB games license ends and DC decides to I mean Warner Brothers or AT&T Let's decide to give the the properties to a different company. Then we're gonna have another round studios not making injustice or not making even more to come back because DC. I mean, not DC. Um, WB is gonna still own Mortal Kombat. So I'm like, I wouldn't want to see a Mortal Kombat game that's not made from another round studios. That would really piss me off. Cause yeah, to me that's their own stuff. You're taking it away from them. Yep. <sighs> this is why I didn't want AT and T to buy WB because <laughs> I knew they was gonna end up fucking it up. And it just uh, this is the first step to even mess it up. Now. <laughs> yeah. I just don't like to hear about this with the whole. Uh, but it, it's just, and now they're gonna do that, and just 
Yeah, it just bothers me. I don't want to see this. And WB Games is such a good company, and it just to me, it's one of the best video game companies that's owned by a studio. I mean, yeah, done such great games, and I don't want that to go away because of the, what AT and T wants. I don't know where this is gonna go, but I really hope they decide not to sell this company. I know they're in talks, but hopefully, talking about it would just get people's attention to not do this, not move forward with this, and just keep the company. I don't understand, because I hope they don't think, oh, because it's a video game company, we're not going to make money off of that. Yes, you will. Video game company, <laughs> video games is a is a big department now these days. They're not as they used to be. People still buy video games, especially during the coronavirus. This is people been doing. Like, yeah. <sighs> fucking stupid company. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what their fuck they. I don't know what the fuck they think they are thinking. It's just uh, kills me. I don't want the like. I don't want Batman games to be made by another studio other than Rocksteady. I don't want that to happen either. Yeah, well, the one time it happened, it didn't turn out super great. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, that was made by Montreal, WB Games Montreal. Yeah. I heard they are making the new ones, so I don't know. I did like Origins. I mean, I'm interested to see where it goes. I really like those games, so I imagine I'll buy and play them anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'll see how this will turn out. This will be Warner Brothers going to host a DC Fandom virtual experience event. And it's supposed to be featuring talent from DC Multiverse Films, yeah. TV, and comics. And I know there's, there's been announcement for video games as well. I don't know why the article has mentioned that. Whatever. So they said they'll get everything from the DC Multiverse. And it's all for free. It's a 24-hour experience. And it's going to kick off on August 22nd at 10 p.m. Pacific. Not ten, not ten p.m. Ten a.m. Pacific, so reach fans on all seven continents. So yeah, I think this is since they won't have Comic Con, they decided to do something like this. Yeah, I mean they are gonna I have. Like it. I know they have an online comic San Diego Comic Con, but I don't know how that's gonna work out. Yeah, I'll probably look into that for the next podcast. But yeah, they're gonna have a. Uh, Apparently, they're going to have different worlds that people can go on into. It's like, there's DC Watchverse, DC U-verse, DC Kidsverse, DC Insiderverse, and DC Funverse. And it's going to be focusing on a few things across the DC world. I really am looking forward to see what DC has announced for this. I mean... They've been hush hush, trying to be hush hush about it, but there's been leaked news been coming out lately, which I'm going to talk about in the next podcast. Yeah. So yeah, I am looking forward to this. In it's like August twenty second, so far away. I mean, it's still far away. <laughs> yeah. So I am looking forward to what they have for movies, TV, comic books, and video games. I really am looking forward to this. They already have announced that Wonder Woman 2 is getting delayed again to October 2nd, 2020. Yep. Which I hope that happens because 
due to uh, people, but due to the reopening of the U.S. and the protesting, coronavirus has been spiking, and I don't know if it'll be locked down again pretty soon. That's another reason why I haven't gone out there. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I have not. I've really, I'm really still hang. I'm like, I only hung out with my friends twice. That's about it. But I haven't hung out with them that often. Like, I used to hang out with them yeah. more than twice. But this coronavirus thing has been less. And I don't really go out that much. I mean, I've been staying home. The only time I go out is go to the supermarket to eat and to get food or get some takeout food. That's pretty much it. I've been staying home a lot. And the reason why I haven't, I haven't gone to any protests is because I don't want to get sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. Masks doesn't do enough. I mean, I do wear masks, but masks only works when you're like a little bit of people. When there's a lot of people, they don't work anymore. It's just like wearing no mask. That's why I've been <laughs> trying to stay away from yeah. the beach any parks, any any places where there's a lot of people, because I don't want to increase my chances of getting the virus. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> and I heard that the, the numbers are spiking again in the U.S. because people just don't know how to operate. So I hope the movie theaters are still open by October. If not, just freaking release it on HBO Max. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> So, yeah, I'm hoping that you'll see more information about everything that's going to come up this year. So, we'll see about that. I mean, they said they're going to have information on Aquaman, the Batman, Batwoman, Black Adam, Black Lightning, DC Superhero Girls, Legends of Tomorrow, Stargirl, Doom Patrol, Flash, Harley Quinn, Lucifer... Pennyworth, Shazam, The Suicide Squad, Supergirl, Superman and Lois, Teen Titans Go, Titans, Watchmen, Young Justice, and Outsiders. So yeah, I mean, I forgot another thing is that I don't know how they could do the Batwoman crossover with a new character for Superman. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> forgot to mention that, but whatever. I don't know. That's how it's going to work out. But yeah, I'm looking forward to this. And they said they have more information about Justice League because Snyder's cut. So I really am looking forward to this thing. Yeah. Can't wait to see what they can announce. Apparently, AT&T turned HBO Max into a superhero with a comic book. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, they decided to make a whole bunch of comic books that features their own characters they i guess i haven't read these but i've i've heard they came i did see that they did come out is um yeah they made three comic books to the max hector to the max brian and to the max olivia hector is a a school teacher finding a mysterious device that sends him to a flying flying into an incredible outer space rescue mission Brian is a scuba instructor, is transformed to a superhero who must have who must save innocent people from a deadly storm in Singapore. And Olivia is a Donna Harlock stand up comic. It's all that stands between her audience and gun 
toting criminals who plan to rob a Las Vegas casino. Uh, so, it said that the comic book's gonna have a, a chuck full of Easter eggs and nods to shows that's currently on the platform like Friends, HBO, Game of Thrones, Bing Bang Theory, Sex in the City, and Scooby-Doo, and more. Great. Anyway, <laughs> that is not so great. Anyway, I don't need to see Easter <laughs> eggs from all the shows that's nothing to do with comic books. Anyway, I don't mind Scooby-Doo, but everything else, no. I really don't care about that. I just don't understand this. <laughs> I'm pretty sure these comic books are going to be pretty crappy. They're not going to be that great. I don't. Yeah. I don't even know why they're doing this. They're just trying to freaking get the comic fans into getting HBO Max, which you already have that pull. I mean, the DC Universe is streaming services going to be part of HBO Max, so it's like, why are you doing the extra marketing here? It just doesn't make sense, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I have to see what those comic books will be about. I'll check them out. Can what is it? DC Daily has been canceled from DC Universe, which DC Daily was like a daily show that would talk about any DC related stuff that's coming out, and apparently it's canceled. I guess because people weren't watching it, no one really cared about okay. it. Not me either, because. The thing is, the internet gives me information what happens with DC, so why am I going to watch a show for that? (laughs) (laughs) Yep. I really didn't really care about that show, so I'm not surprised it got canceled. So yeah, it's another show that got canceled for the DC streaming service. Oh, well. And apparently it had 427 episodes. I mean, the only reason why I had that many episodes is they're airing episodes daily. So... It's like, I don't know when I don't know when the last episode is gonna air for this show, but it's been canceled. Yeah. I did because and they also had like many clips of it on YouTube, and they're never really interested in. It never piqued my interest. I don't know. There's just a bunch, bunch of people talk about DC comic books. Um, not DC comic books. Um, DC stuff that's coming out. No matter where is where is it coming from. So yeah, I really didn't care much about it. I mean, not surprised it got canceled. So I guess all oh, the final episode on Wikipedia I found out is July third, twenty twenty. So okay, maybe I'll check it out when it ends. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's pretty much it for that one. So the next news is Spider Man Miles Morales game was announced at the PlayStation Five event. Yep. And they said that it's gonna be a full standalone game, which and it's gonna be com- they're comparing it to Uncharted: Lost Legacy. So yeah, there is gonna be is gonna be a separate game, and because there was a confusion that there was gonna it's supposed to be like an expansion pack for for the like there's gonna I heard people thought there's gonna be a a remake of the PS4 Spider-Man added with the Miles Morales. As an expansion pack. But apparently that wasn't the case. It's, it's going to be a full standalone game. Which I'm excited for that. And I, yeah, me too. There's a bit of confusion, but... 
Yeah. I think they've cleared it up now. Yeah, they cleared it up. I just am glad it's a standalone game. I didn't want an expansion pack. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't want to buy Spider-Man again just to play Miles Morales. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather have his, him have his own game that I can buy and have his own storyline that I can play Miles Morales for hours. I don't want to just play Miles Morales for like three hours. I wanted to play for more than that. <laughs> yeah. And I saw the trailer. It looks interesting. I like the way they set it up. And I did like the message at, at the end. And it says, you know, be be greater, be yourself. And I yeah, I like that message. It was pretty good to at least hear that as it's been going on. Because I do want people to be themselves instead of just being defined by their skin color. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, I really do like Mos Morales as a character. And I'm glad this is going to try to, you know, make him more popular than he already is. And I'm looking forward to it. I really like this version of Miles. Because this version of Miles is like the comic books. And yeah, he's a, more of a science nerd. It's not like in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse where he's into art. I don't like yeah. that. I really don't like that direction. But he is more... This Miles is more related to the comic book version. And I like that Miles more. Yeah. So yeah... I'm really looking forward to playing this version of Miles in the game and see how it works out. And I enjoyed Spider-Man. I had a really good time with it. Another thing that I... I don't know if you saw the trailer for the old guard. Uh, I haven't, actually. No. Oh, oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. So, yeah, I saw the trailer for it. It looks... It looked kind of interesting. It looked interesting. I mean, it's based on a comic book. I remember we did talk about it in the podcast, like, before. Oh, yep, yep. Okay. Yeah. I've heard, I mean, some of the trailers about, like, a group of soldiers. And they are, um, I mean, the Netflix, on the Netflix YouTube page, it says, Forever is Harder Than It Looks, led by Warren named Andy, a covert group of Tiny knit mercenaries with mysterious inability to die, to I mean, have fought to protect the world, mortal world from centuries. When the team is recruited to take on emergency mission, the extraordinary abilities are suddenly exposed. It's up to Andy and Neil and the newest soldier to join the ranks and help the group eliminate the threat of those who seek to replicate and monetize their power by any means necessary. The book is based on. Greg Rucka's Old Guard, and the movie's directed by Gina Pierce. I mean, Prince Bifewood from Love and Basketball and Beyond the Lights. I don't know this movie's for. Okay. I don't know this comic book either, but when yeah. I heard the information about it, I, it piqued my interest, and I saw the trailer for it. It looks pretty interesting. You see a mercenaries with cool weapons and weird abilities and I don't like to see where this goes and I noticed it has the Charlie Charlie Theron which is uh, oh, okay. 
the she's the um the girl that played Ferosa and Mad Max. Yep. And I like the actress. I really want to see. I don't know that movie. The movie piqued my interest for that, and mm, looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's pretty much it for the comic book news. There's a lot. I know. <laughs> There's more comic book news, but I just wanted to keep it short and just yeah talk about it and for the next podcast. Yeah, I think that was like an hour and a half of news. So oh. It's um, crazy. Good stuff. Well, it's already 12. It's, I think we started at 11. <laughs> um, okay. So, so, yeah. So, the, the next one, I'm, I'm going to try to, like, give a few comic book recommendations for people who want to uh, read about injustice and police brutality. And because yeah, there's been sure. a lot of comic books that do deal with that particular subject, and yeah. the comic books I recommended was is Captain America, Sam Wilson, Secret Empire, Nighthawk, American Carnage, the Watchmen TV series, and Spider Man PS4 game. Okay, Captain America, Sam Wilson is a very good book to read up on that stuff because in Captain America, Sam Wilson they have a uh, a character named Rage, a superhero character, and he tries to stop a looting from happening. And he gets caught in the crossfire with cops. And they thought that he was stealing the store and he gets shot. And he ends up going to the hospital, getting into a coma. And what is it? Cat, um, Sam Wilson, he's Captain America. And he also... Uh, has a character named Falcon. I mean, there's another character that takes the mantle, which is a Mexican American character. Takes he ends up meeting up with in this series as Falcon, and they protest together on police brutality, on what went on was wrong for them to do, and they see a bunch of people with different skin color and ethnicities to protest against the injustice system. I mean, the uh, justice system being showing injustice and being having police, police brutality. So it's kind of yeah. interesting that, that, that they have a book that's like that. It came out a few years ago and it released what's going on now. So I recommend people read that comic book. And another interesting thing is that Rage he deals a lot of anger with the cops, and what I like is that Sam Wilson tries to teach him how to control his anger. And I see that a lot of people are going through this, being angry about things, and maybe this book will give you a way to see where you could put your anger towards something else, and not to. F- the things with anger, it disrupts your critical thinking, and this book is a way of showing. Does a show a way of showing that? Yeah. So, I really did like that book a lot at the time, and it had a lot of controversy that time because people did not like that Captain America was given the mantle of Captain America was given to a black guy. Like, oh my god, that's so bad. Which I disagree. Yeah. But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> 
And we had an argument with a podcaster that ended up leaving because of this stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, it was Metacomics that had an argument with the main podcast because he didn't like the Sam Wilson's Captain America and it got into an argument about racism and it's just like... <laughs> He's been Captain America heaps. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> what? Yeah, so that podcast that he that was part of ended really bad. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, so I really liked that book, and the sad thing about that book is that the rage he the character does end up dying. And his justice goes unserved. The cops doesn't get arrested or anything. I wish they did in the comic book. So it's just like, I guess it's trying to show an example of what happens in America where the cops weren't getting arrested for what they do. And yeah, I just wish that they, you know, solved that storyline because after the character dies, he goes to, it goes straight to Secret Empire storyline where the Hydra takes over and takes over the U.S. Yeah, okay. The Supers had to fight Hydra, and I didn't like that, you know, Cat Sam Wilson ended up relying on the original Captain America. Like, he came out of the Cosmic Cube and punched the, the Hydra Captain America. I would have preferred that Sam Wilson beat the hell out of him. But they decided to do it with the original Captain America because people wanted the original Captain America to come back. So I was just like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been much more symbolized if, you know, you have a black character fighting off a, a Nazi character. So it would have been much more meaningful if they did it that way. But whatever. But yeah, I, I do recommend those books. And. Sinker Empire does remind me of the whole, because <laughs> there's a whole, I don't know, I don't know, there's like a communism thing going on in America, and it's just like, it kind of relates to that. Yeah. So I guess people should read up on Secret Empire, because it kind of does re- relate to what's going on now. People are trying to overthrow the government or whatever, and... They don't like what's going on in the country. Another book is uh, Nighthawk. I noticed I was when I was doing this recording, I was describing the wrong Nighthawk story for this podcast. So, gonna correct it. Edit. I'm at. I edit the previous part out. So now I'm gonna tell you what actually what the actual book is and what happened in the Nighthawk book. In the Nighthawk book. This Nighthawk book, I was right, this Nighthawk book does deal in Chicago, but it's, Nighthawk deals with a villain, he deals with a villain called the Revelator, and there's also another crime going on, with a different villain, he also deals with another villain in the book, his name was Dan Haranhan, I think that's how you pronounce it, not so sure, and in that Dan is a, he's a real estate developer, he, like a a guy who is basically like a landlord, makes a whole bunch of buildings and have people rent them. But he was also creating crime in the city in, Ch- in the city of Chicago. 
and he's also dealing with this gang called it was called the True Patriots, which is a whole bunch of white supremacist group with you know white supremacist groups. They have like the Confederate flag on their shirts and clothes, and they commit crimes like. And in this book, they end up killing a whole bunch of black men. And the, the villager, he does a lot of different crimes. He asks people to smuggle guns or transporting guns into different areas, illegal guns. And he also pays the patriots to kill some black people. He also causes a lot of black-on-black crimes to be happening. And the cops, like, thought that this one... Like, there's two cops in this in this story. Well, there's three. One was Tom Dixon. One of them is Nina Fuerte and Randolph. The other one is Randolph O'Neill, right? Or, no, not Randolph O'Neill. One was called, his name was Sherman Burrell. And these three cops who investigate all the crimes that's been happening. And there's one crime where that goes to the, uh, the villain that they named was they named the Revelator in the book, and this villain was doing killing a whole bunch of people. Like a serial, it was a serial killer, and they thought that this serial killer was a link to the crimes that's been happening. They didn't know it was from a real estate person, and it'd be I thought it'd be interesting to have you know the Revelator as the villain because he'll play into the mode of. If he if he was a link to the the whole the true patriots taking down black men, it would kind of play into the whole narrative of things meant to look racist but not actually racist. Kind of plays into the whole Black Lives Matter thing, and it would be interesting if they played out the story that way. That's what I see it as. It would be interesting as a story point narrative. I mean, it could have been an interesting concept because it could have been a nice twist you wouldn't expect. And it's pretty interesting when you get a twist that you wouldn't expect to happen. And it could have been an interesting concept, something to play on, like something to play with black and black crime. But they didn't go that way. So this was still a good story. I still really liked it a lot. And I kind of got disappointed that it didn't finish. So I would like to know more about Revelator. He was a very interesting villain. And they didn't get to talk much about him. And the story doesn't get to fully finish with him in there. I was kind of disappointed that this book got canceled. This book only had six issues. So it didn't get much detail to finish the story. It tried to finish it. And there's a lot of interesting books. I mean, plot lines in this book. And I did like that. It wasn't totally hating on cops. It was a very interesting story. And we see Sherman. You see him be a... He's a, he's a, like a very good cop. He had talks with Nighthawk. He helped him on how to... Nighthawk, they're working together to actually solve the crime and see what was going on. And the other cop was also pretty interesting. Uh, Nina Forte. I actually liked her as well. Because she had... A very good camaraderie with Sherman, and I did like that a lot. So, overall, it was a pretty interesting book. And the character I forgot to, that I forgot, it was 
that I forgot about Nighthawk. I mean, the Nighthawk was working with was Nightshade. I did like her too. She was pretty interesting. I did like she was like the Alfred of the team. It was like this book was like Black Batman with yeah, it was like a a Black Batman and Alfred kind of book. It was pretty like a, a different spin on it, and. Nighthawk deals with a lot of rage and a lot of hate. And Nightshade actually tries to help him relieve that stress that he has as he was growing up. She tries her, her best to get him out of that. So yeah, it was an interesting book. There's a lot of things that could have been worked on. And I, I wish it was... I don't know. This book did not do so well in sales. I don't know why, but... Mm, so... I don't know. I was kind of disappointed it didn't do so well. But I really did like this book. It had a lot of interesting concepts. And I wish it did last a little bit longer to at least finish the story in a well-detailed story the way it's supposed to be. I think it actually just got rushed and felt like a very incomplete story. So that's pretty much it for that book. Another book is American Carnage. That That's also a book that deals with racism and police brutality because there's a cop that's half black and half white and he ends up shooting a, a black guy by accident and I mean he ends up killing the, a black guy by accident and he gets fired from his job and people were mistaking him as a white man killing a black guy and it deals with a lot of that stuff so it was an okay book. Um, I didn't, I didn't like how it ended, but it's just an interesting book that people should read upon because it does deal with a cop that tries to uh, get better at his life, and even after the fallout of him accidentally kill a, killing a black guy, and he tries to deal with the media, even though it didn't focus on the media attention too much. I wish it did. It started to talk about his criminal. I mean, he started trying to get out of the criminal territory because the lawyer was a into the crime family, and the lawyer also. I mean, her father was a a mayor of a city that he that he lives in, and he was a corrupt mayor. So it deals with a lot of yeah things with that goes on with right now. So it's another pretty interesting book to read. And that one is written by Brian Brian Hill. Another one is Watchmen TV series. I really did like the Watchmen TV series from HBO. Because you do get to learn a lot of black history that I didn't really know about. Like the Tula. Okay. The, the Tusla massacre. I really didn't know that happened in history. And it's pretty interesting that I had to find out. I mean, it's disappointing that I had to find out from a TV show. But... Yeah. In the same sense, I was. It was interesting that I learned it from there, but um, but I'm glad I learned about it. And it's interesting that the main character, the night sister, she is like because a lot of sh- the show deals with is after the whole massacre. Superheroes were working for the government with the cops, and the cops they. They end up covering their faces and they do show examples of police brutality in the universe. And they, you see police brutality happen to a lot of people. It's not just black people. It was 
the whole people who live in the poor community, and that's how it really is in the U.S. Yeah, please, please take advantage of the poor people. It's not just the blacks; it's everyone that's poor. Not all cops do it, but there's a, there's some cops that are bad out there, and they take advantage of the system and abuse the power and treat people like crap. And I've went through that. One incident, I mean, when I was like 16, I got jumped by two people and they took my phone and the cops didn't really care about what I had to go through. They said that, oh, why did you walk that way to school? To school, You should never walk that way. If you didn't walk that way, we would have never gotten jumped. And it's like, yeah. it was just kind of cruel to even hear about that from a cop. Yeah. I didn't appreciate that. So, yeah. Cops treat everyone. There's some cops that treat everyone like shit. But yeah, I do like that the show is showing examples of that, and it, people can really watch that TV show. And I heard it's on HBO for free. I mean, I think something like that. And another thing is that uh, I also like that there's you find Sister Knight finds out her that she was related to the, her grandfather who was the hooded. Oh, it was Hooded Justice. That's what it was. And it was interesting to see the Hooded Justice as a black guy because in the comic books, it was a white guy. But in the TV show, they showed that he was... I mean, he, what I did like is that they related to the comic books where Hooded, Hooded Justice was gay. And they dived deeper into that storyline because um, it was a comic book series that was... There was one of the before Watchmen, which is like a prequel to Watchmen. And my favorite one was Minutemen. And they talk about us, the the superheroes that was before Watchmen. And one of the s- superheroes was the Hooded Justice. And he had a gay secret relationship with, with another superhero. And there was controversy going to that. And I did like that. The Watchmen TV series took inspiration from that and talk about that stuff. So it was interesting to see a gay storyline in the TV show as well. So yeah, I mean, so talk about uh, talk about a lot about gay history and Black history during the '60s, and it was pretty interesting to see that. So it's a pretty interesting story, and there is a character out there. I mean, it's like a Viennese character. I forgot her. That she also wants to try to overthrow the government. But she didn't like that, you know, that the country took her. I mean, because in the Watchmen series, they want the, in that universe, the U.S. won the Vietnam War instead of losing. And they ended up taking the country. And the Viennese villain, she did not like that. And she wants to overthrow the government. And. Sister Knight is trying to stop that and also Dr. Manhattan. So it's a pretty interesting story. I really liked it a lot. And I think people should check it out. Did you ever watch the Watchmen TV show? No, I didn't get to see it. Oh. I've, I've talked to a few people that have been. I've, I haven't heard anything bad about it yet. Oh, because it was really good. I liked it. And kind of disappointed that the writer doesn't want to make a season two. But I, hope, I mean, he's like... Yeah. 
doesn't know where to make season two, and I hope he does. Because they left they left off in a good in a cliffhanger that I want to see get continued. Because yeah. I think I think it's on HBO. Though. Yeah, it is on HBO. Yeah. So yeah, another I want to talk about Spider Man the PS4 game. That yeah. game. That game is. I really enjoy that game a lot, and there is a storyline with Miles Morales that it brings a good cop story in there, and I think people should try to play that game if they want to see something that relates to what's going on now. And um, the cop, his father, he's different than than the comic books because in the comic books he was more like a bad father but then he'll turn into a good father but in this com- in the video game they made him to a positive father figure and he ends up risking his life to save Peter Parker because Peter Parker goes to this event and he ends up risking his life to save Peter Parker he ends up getting killed and you see Miles Morales and Peter Parker go to the the grieving of Miles's dad and it's kind of, it's a good story to see that. I mean, to see a cop as a positive role model. And there is good cops out there that try to do the best out there. And I do want people to see a good story that talks about good cops out there. And Spider-Man game yeah. does, has a good way of doing that. So, yeah, it talks about... And it talks about Yuri wants to be, who tries to be a good cop, and she ends up going to the wrong path. It does a lot of things about about the police system and how it puts you in a state, really horrible state of mind. Like it's kind of hard to be a cop. It's not really that easy as people make it seem, and not everyone makes it out there good because there's some cops that end up getting into drugs because it gets too stressful out there and they end up fucking up their own life and i think yuri wants to goes through that a little bit see yeah it's a pretty interesting story and i noticed the story in the playstation 4 game is kind of sort of based on the story that jerry conway did with the cops but in this story they, they put cops in a positive light and spider-man has a better relationship with Yuri Wantsby. Like, he does missions with her, and it's, like, way more positive than that comic book ever was to be. <laughs> so, I prefer people rather play this game than read that comic book that's based on. So, yeah, it does a better story than that. So, I like that game. There was another book that I actually forgot to mention in this podcast book that I recommended was called is called March. It's a very interesting comic book. It's about John Lewis as he went through the experience of the civil rights movement and what he did during those times. It talks about how he did his pre it's like a guide to book to peaceful protesting. It's pretty interesting and I do like that and we need more books like that but these throughout these days because People have been struggling with the peaceful protesting. I mean, some people have not been really peaceful protesting, and some people have been doing actually worse than that. And this is the book that 
shows how to protest correctly in times of stress and in times of getting things done and right for this country. I only read the first book. There's three books as of right now. This will be a fourth one coming out. And the first book that I've read, they have John Lewis going through a whole series of protesting and he you see him struggling with the uh, with protesting in this book and he goes through a whole series of protesting and he does it peacefully no matter what the circumstances is very interesting he he gets tear gassed by the cops he gets beat up in a restaurant by some pe- some civilians and they still protest peacefully with no fighting back no burning buildings or anything like that he still just stood there and just let things happen he was with martin luther king and in this book and many other people and i also like that you saw also whites protesting with them and they were also getting beat up is they were also protesting together and they had discussions and talked to each other as friends they didn't treat each other like this whole white privilege thing like let me use your white privilege to to fight against people like use let me use your white privilege as a shield there was never none there was none of that it's very inspiring i wish people can actually follow this book more and how to actually protest the right way and that's that's what i have to say about this book it's a really good book, and I really did enjoy it. And I think people should be looking to, to reading this book. I also want to say rest in peace to John Lewis. He did pass away like recently. As I, I was, I didn't. I did this podcast before, before he passed away. But and I have forgot to mention this book when I was doing the podcast. He did pass away, so I'll just I'll just say that. And that's pretty much it for this book. I am going to try to read the rest of the two volumes that's left. I hope the fourth one comes out. I noticed the process of it. And I wasn't sure they were going to make it because he was experiencing stage four pancreatic cancer and it got to him. So hopefully it'll be released someday next year or whatever that time comes. So yeah, that's pretty much it. Another one, I mean, now now I'm going to go to the comic book reviews. Now we have Teen Titans Raven, which is written by Cami Garcia. It deals with Raven, like a, it's like one of, it's another one of those kids books. Raven is like, I think like in high school age, she, her parents die in the beginning of the story. From a car accident, and now she's adopted with by one of her mom's relatives, and I know I think one of her friend, I me, mean, her mom's like best friend, and they're they are black characters. They are the so what is it? Um, the mother has some. She's into the voodoo culture, and you see some of that in the comic book, and. You also see Raven dealing with Trigon trying to take over her, making her do bad things. And she's trying to try fight back from that. And at the end of the comic book, 
Raven and her friend who also has wind powers and she they fight together to try to fight to control Trigon and another thing is that Raven ends up falling in love with a guy that is the son of Deathstroke and I think he's supposed to be Jericho I'm not so sure they didn't dive deep into that story kind of wish they did this book was okay. I gave it a 7.0. I just... Because they try to like fit two storylines in there. And I just wish they just focused on one storyline. And there were times that Raven was acting like a jerk. Especially to this guy that actually liked her. And I just don't think the guy was trying to be mean to her. And uh, kind of reminds me about something that I'll probably talk about in the next podcast. Um, But yeah... Because there's like this whole Me Too thing that's going on. But, um, uh, anyways, here Raven acts like a jerk to that guy that's been nice to her. And it's just like, you end up finding out that the guy was going out with Raven because his father wanted to try to find a way to kill her. And the son really did not, he ended up falling in love with Raven and he was trying to do the best he can for her. And, they end up breaking up or whatever. I didn't like that story direction. I wish that didn't happen, but it's whatever. But yeah, I just kind of, I did like the story a little bit. And this one thing that did bother me is just that Raven is supposed to be an empath and they made it like seem like it was telepathy and a human virus can't tell the difference between telepathy and empathy. They're not the same thing because Empathy, yeah. empath is more of reading emotions, not people's minds, and yeah. they made it seem that way, and it's just like, oh, you're doing it wrong. So that's why I gave it a 7.0. I mean, it had an interesting story, okay. but it was doing a few things wrong. And I'm not sure if Raven was acting like a jerk because of Trigon. Maybe that was the case or whatever. That's why I did enjoy the story a little bit, but not that much. The next book is Black Cat Annual Number One. I really do somewhat like the Black Cat series. The only problem is that the writer tends to goes a little too far with the Deus Ex Machina plot lines, and they just try to like come over stuff that doesn't seem realistic, and it just makes sure that the character gets what she wants. But in the end of the day, no matter what, so Black Cat. In this one, she teams up with Spider-Man and they get, they go to a mafia wedding. They try to disguise themselves as two people who want to get married as part of the mafia family. And they ask Spider-Man and Black Cat to, to pretend as them getting married to their family because the way they do weddings in the mafia family in that in the book is that the two people get married and they have to kill each other and <laughs> the couple did not want to kill each other they wanted to have a a life together they fell in love with each other and they want to be they want to get married but they didn't want to get married this way so they decided to uh in the end of the book they end up having their own secret life cuz and their family thinks that they're dead and in the end what? of the <laughs> in the end of the book, they get taken the 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 mafia take gets taken over by 
because Black Cat and Spider Man end up disguising themselves as Hydra and try okay. to take over. The mafia family ends up leaving and get scared because Hydra comes around to try to take them over. That's what they thought it was, but really it was Spider Man Black Cat. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> the book is a little ridiculous because it's like when the characters are getting married, when Spider Man and Black Cat are getting married. Yeah, their face covered. And it's like, why would you have a marriage like that? That's like a easy disguise. That makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was kind of weird, and I didn't understand that. That's what... I mean, I gave this book a 7.5. It was alright. It was kind of entertaining, but it was just freaking weird with the whole covering their faces as they getting married, and then... It's just weird that in the uh, once they go into the um after they finish the vows, they go to the secret room and you're supposed to f- wait. The, the family's supposed to wait and to see who survives the fight, even though the fight is private. And I was like, oh gosh, this is getting ridiculous. Um, <laughs> but I see that. Is it interesting that you see Black Cat cares about people and she ends up stealing money from the mafia family and she ends up giving the money to the family that is part of the mafia family that they can go on their own, have their own life, they could buy their own house, etc. And she said that she's going to give, she lies to Spider Man saying that she's going to give the money to, because she took some of the money, she's going to give the money to charity. The children, and she actually took it for herself, <laughs> which is very oh typical for Black Cat because she wants money herself, yeah. <laughs> which I think she did yeah, earn sure. that because she actually yeah, did the job and tried to give a better life for the, the people that just wanted to get, just wanted to have their life together and not get killed for it. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. So I did enjoy that a little bit. Next book is KI6, The Killers. This book was okay because it was about a person wants to get, go after a whole bunch of people that were part of the... Because they were part of the ninja in the Valiant universe. There were a bunch of different types of ninjas that were working for a secret agent company in Britain. Yeah. And... Over the past few years, they had different ninjas, like Ninja K, Ninja M. Like, they had different alphabets of ninjas. And someone wants to kill them. This is, like, coming off from the Ninja K storyline. It's like a continuation of that, because the book ends up getting canceled, and they didn't really finish the storyline. So, this miniseries was... It didn't have Ninja K in it, but it was like a spin-off book that focuses on the other killers. So that were in the Ninja K book. And I did like that. That you get to know a little bit more about the other assassins or ninjas that work for the secret agent. That used to work for the secret agent company that Ninja Ninjak used to work for. So it was a pretty interesting book. I liked it. I gave it a uh, seven. Point five is okay. it's just that there was a lot of action and you didn't get too much story and I was kind of like 
getting disappointed about that. And the art wasn't always as great. I mean, there's times that the art was good, and then there's times the art was rushed. So it was an okay book. So yeah, see, this is, I mean, this is a stories of five deadly assassins are recruited into a game of cat and mouse by a former sensei. The mysterious Jonin trained to channel their key to perform superhuman feats in the shadow wars between the secret agents of the world. These agents of death will team up to compete for the ultimate prize life itself. Brought together to fight the secret of immortality, these lethal weapons will f- have to face a, m- a murderous gauntlet and each and other in order to win what they desire the most. And the thing is, in this book, the nin- the the assassins don't end up killing each other. They end up teaming up and fighting the villain. So this is kind of weird that they end up they were supposed to kill each other, but they end up teaming up to fight the villain that that was fucking around with them. So it went. It, the story went actually went some went somewhere else and i didn't like that it took a different direction than i thought it was gonna be so it was okay that's pretty much it for that book another book is livewire that's another valiant book i did not like i would give this one a five because it was very too political and it's just like it was sort of draining me out the the story was about livewire um she was Looking looked as a criminal because she did something horrible in Harbinger Wars. Like I think she was trying to save a lot of the Harbinger characters, like a whole bunch of children that was getting killed by by uh, the Hardcores, which I didn't like. They made them as villains and it like that, and they were Livewire saved them and. With some type of satellite thing, and she ended up accidentally killing some people because of that, and now she was on the run as a superhero. As a superhero, and you deal, you see the character go through emotions about how she hates that she killed some people and she did something she didn't want to do. So, I just didn't like the story direction because of the, what Harbinger Wars did. They made her kill innocent people. I don't like when heroes do that. It just, uh, it, I don't like seeing storylines like that and it just ruins the character because the character is trying to be a hero and to see that it kill innocent people makes it look like out to be like a villain. And she is trying to fight for Harbinger's, I mean, the, the Harbinger character's rights and she wants equal rights for you know, for them and humans and and the book doesn't really finish the storyline. It just she ends up not being a being on the run anymore. Like she, her criminal record is gone. Cause she ends up helping some guy that's once a mayor, and the mayor doesn't even give the rights to the harbingers. It just screws her over, and it's just like. Uh, so she she is no longer a criminal on the run, but they don't have their rights. And it's just like, why are you, why did you plan the storyline and not go through with it? It just 
bothers me. I hate that stuff. So I didn't like the book that much. And the art was pretty bad as well. I mean, it's whatever. It just wasn't a good book. Another one I read was Savage Avengers Annual Number 1. That one was pretty good. I give that one an 8. Because it deals with Conan, Black Widow, Hellstrom, Damien Hellstrom, and um, I forgot who else. Yeah, they Conan goes to the Mexican cartel. And there's like some people treating women like crap. Like there's like a Mexican cartel raping women and using them for drugs. And Conan, Black Widow, and Damien Hellstrom try to stop that from happening. And they end up saving the women from the Mexican cartels. And it was a pretty interesting story. I did like it because that does happen a lot in Mexico. I mean, there's a lot of cartels dealings going on in there. And it does deal with women getting raped and stuff. Like female, I mean, prostitutes, just like children trafficking with young girls getting raped and stuff like that. And it's pretty interesting to see a story focus on that. It was pretty cool to see the superheroes try to stop a Mexican cartel going on. So I really enjoyed it. It was really fun. Yeah, it's pretty much it for that one. And I I also like that they made um, Damien Hellstrom as a good guy in that book. Because he usually flip-flops and I prefer him as a good guy than a bad one. He's written way better there. So yeah, it made more sense in there. Because he's like written, written as like... A balance to the universe type of character. And I prefer that. So it was a pretty interesting book. The next one is Future Fight First, Luna Snow, Io Consent, and White Fox number one. I mean, these are a whole bunch of one shots and they focus on giving in characters different origin stories. It's a bunch of, it's like new Asian characters. Luna Snow is a k-pop singer and she has up getting ice powers in a concert that she was in and she has a fight in the villain who disrupt the concert and Maya consent was about a little girl she ends up getting her father ends up getting killed he owned a shop that has artifacts and there's a artifact that she finds that gives her powers or the spirit animal which is a bear so she becomes a superhero, and then this white fox, who's a secret agent, and she ends up, she ends up having powers as well with a spirit fox. I mean, she, it was brought up in her family, it was in her family bloodline, so it deals with a lot of fox spiritual lore, and it's pretty interesting with that. So there were three interesting one shots. I really enjoyed them. And they also had like a, each issue had like another short story with Future Avengers, which is from that crappy ass anime. Which, <laughs> yeah, it's like a crappy Future Avengers anime. Yeah. And now they put them into combos. You know, the show only had two seasons. I saw it. It was really bad. It was a very stereotypical anime. <laughs> so they put the characters into the comic books and... I, the stories was pretty okay. They were uh, they were pretty bad, but I okay that they're in the universe at least, and maybe there could be better stories written with them in the comic books. That's all I'm hoping for. 
It's about three kids that were used to work for Hydra, and they find out Hydra's villains, and the Avengers take the kids away from Hydra, and they become their own superheroes. It's pretty much the same storyline as the anime, so it's not much of a difference. Whatever, and I thought the character Bruno was supposed to be like Miss Marvel's friend, him becoming a superhero because he had like he was handicapped in the comic books, and I thought that there were that was supposed to be him in the anime, but now they're two separate characters in the comic books, so it's like oh whatever. It just confused the hell out of me. <laughs> So yeah, the books I give them like seven point five. All of, all the one shots they were pretty interesting stories. I did like them, and I hope they get more development later on. I hope they get their own series. Next one is Wonder Woman Annual Number Three. That book was pretty bad. You get a six point five because it deals with uh tie-in is a tie-in to like the Viantin series. And it tries to do two storylines where Wonder Woman has this friend that works with her and Steve Trevor. And it's about her past where she was a little girl and Wonder Woman saved her from her parents because her parents were Nazis. They were like terrible people and they end up getting killed. And Wonder Woman decided to take the child and give her to a family that will raise her right and not be like a Nazi child and yeah <laughs> I thought that story was interesting I did like that part of the story and the girl grows up and becomes a military soldier with Steve Trevor and works with, and they team up with Wonder Woman to fight Gorilla Grodd. That story was horrible when they fought Gorilla Grodd because the action was just like, uh, it was not that well. Gorilla Grodd was not, felt well, it was not written well. It was just really bad writing. And the dialogue just didn't work for me. I just wish they focused on just, just the origin story of the character because the character, she ends up becoming a villain because I think Levi. Mark Shaw, the leader of the Leviathan, takes control of her and makes her into a villain in the story. And she ends up fighting. She's going to be the main villain for Wonder Woman in the next storyline. So it was okay book. I didn't like that it went to that Gorilla Grodd story. It was just really awful. And it was just weird because they, they, they went to fight Gorilla Grodd because there was like a gorilla that works for Steve Trevor. That went there for on the cover, and he ends up betraying them, and I'm just like, okay, whatever. And we thought, I thought he was going there to fight against Gorilla Grodd, and then ends up being the opposite, and it just gets really messy. So I didn't like it that much. I just preferred it, but I just focus on the little the girl that become that works. With, Ends up growing up and working for Steve Trevor. It's just weird that, damn, Wonder Woman is an old character and so is Steve Trevor. And, like, it doesn't make sense. This is why I hate when they try to do characters of that they have them as a teenager and they grow up and they're, the adults are still the same age as they were when they were kids. It makes no sense. 
whatever. <laughs> it's like the the adult characters don't age in the comic book universe. Another book is Nightwing Annual Number Two. I did like this book a lot. I gave it a eight point five, and I like this one because yeah, yeah, Annual Number Two. It deals with Dick Grayson. He ends up going to therapy, and the, the you find out the the therapist he's working for, I mean, that he's talking to, she works for the Court of the Owls, and she is apparently... They also deal with an origin, a story that you find out that Dick Grayson's grandparents was part of the Court of the Owls, and Dick Grayson, when he was younger... He had like family outing. They went to like had Thanksgiving. They had a Thanksgiving with the with his grandparents, and you find out a lot of Court of the Owl history that relates to Dick Grayson. And I do like this storyline where the thing is Dick Grayson lost his memories, and I did not like that idea at first. But when Dan Third Jurgens was started writing the Nightwing series when he jumped in. Cause they had diff- yeah. had different writers before that, and he made the storyline much better. Like he showed that the reason why his memory was wiped is because the Court of the Owls wanted to make Dick Grayson into part of the Court of the Owls as a new talent. Because it was a storyline like back then when. The new fifty two that started and they was trying to recruit Dick Grayson into the Court of the Owls family, but he refused because he was brought up with Batman and they he was against the Court of the Owls or whatever they believe in. And I like that in this in the plot twist for this was that the reason why they I mean they're the ones that sent KGBs to kill. I mean, to not kill Dick Grayson, to what? And you shoot him in the head so they can, like, wipe his mind. I mean, yeah, lose, he could lose his memory and they can indoctrinate him into the Court of the Owls. Like, they can try to, like, like separate him from being raised by Batman and having a separate personality to become Court of the Owls. Be, the talent they want him to be. So I just thought that that was interesting that they played into that. And you see Dick Grayson talking to the therapist and how he, do you see him fighting with Bruce Wayne and Barbara Gordon and Damien? They have like a lot of emotions going around there. And I do like seeing the story of young Dick Grayson meeting his grandparents as part of the Court of the Owls. And he reads his book that's as one of his favorite books. And it was pretty fun seeing that stuff. And we liked the story here. It was pretty interesting. It was very well written. So it was pretty fun. I think it was the best one I've read from this week. Another one is Dead Man Logan number 12. That book, I did like a way to end it. Dead Man Logan, yeah, I mean, Logan and Brucey, which is like a young Bruce Wayne. Not Bruce Wayne, ah, Bruce Banner. It's like a, a kid, Bruce Banner. He was adopted by Danny Daniel Cage, which is Luke Cage's daughter, and Jessica Jones' daughter. 
in the far future in them and old man logan's universe they're trying to fight off Sabretooth and mrs sinister and logan is dying and he ends up he does end up dying in the end of the, the series and Danielle Cage ends up becoming Thor because she finds out that she finds the Minior, and now there's like a spinoff story that I haven't finished reading called Avengers Wasteland that takes place after that. So yeah, I give this one an eight. It was really good. End of seeing Wolverine kill Sabretooth and Mrs. Sinister. So I like the way it ended, and I'm looking forward to what Avengers Wasteland will be about. I read like probably like three. I think I read like three issues of it. It's pretty good. So I liked it how it turned out. It was really good action and story. And you see Logan going through a lot of emotions of of whether he wants to keep staying alive or die. And he decided to let him let him die because he was debating whether to get cured or not, but. He decided not to get cured and let him be. Let this be his last fight. So it's pretty interesting to see him go through that. So that's pretty much it for that one. The next one is Superior Spider-Man number twelve. I did not like this one. It was pretty terrible. Ugh. <laughs> this series fell off big time, and I understand why it got canceled because it was not a really good series. What I didn't like is that. Dr. Octavius, he ends up making a deal with Mephisto, and that did not turn out so well. I mean, why would he do that? Because he was losing to Norman Osborn from a different universe. Norman Osborn was, went to the 616 universe, and he was like taking over California, which was where Superior Spider-Man was fighting in, and for some stupid reason, oh, Superior Spider-Man was defenseless in fighting him. He couldn't defeat him. He was too weak. He felt like he needed to be the original Odata Octopus in order to defeat him. So he made a deal with Mephisto and said that I will let you kill me off and let me become the original Dr. Octopus where he's a villain again. To take to kill Norman Osborn, and it's just like, oh my god, it just bothers me because all that character de- development of him becoming Superior Spider Man is wiped away, and he's a villain again. It was just like, why are you gonna do this? <laughs> I hate when they erase character development in comic books and return to the stat- yeah. the status quo. It just it just kills me when they always do that in comic books because that means the character can never progress, and it's just like yeah. the characters stay the way it's supposed to be forever. And it's just like, ugh, the character development is just gone from Superior Spider Man, the original Superior Spider Man, all that character development. Of him from being a villain to a hero is gone in a matter of minutes for this comic book series. Ugh. And I did not like that. I just didn't understand a guy, a character who's very intelligent and can build gadgets that's much better than Peter Parker. He was much more intelligent. They go a much smarter Peter Parker and he goes the extra mile and he 
does the opposite of what Peter Parker does, which is kill. And I don't understand is that because <laughs> I I would have preferred to have a, a superior Spider Man as like opposite of Spider Man. I will. I think that dynamic is interesting. I don't understand how a person who's very intelligent can't defeat Norman Osborn that has Spider-Man powers. And it's just like, why? It's not that strong. I mean, like, come on. You shouldn't be defenseless. It makes no sense. And it's like, you're just trying to make excuses to make the character go to the status quo. Like, stop it. (laughs) So, it's kind of sad they end up killing the original Superior Spider-Man. I mean, he ends up because the thing is, he ends up taking a clone body and becomes Superior Spider-Man, or Peter Parker, in the in the earlier comic books, and he becomes Superior Spider-Man now. And he was operating in California, so it was just wasn't a good book. It was pretty terrible, and I did not like that he wasn't going out with his he was going out with some new girl. It was kind of what she was going out with. The girl that he met in in the original Superior Spider-Man book. And I just didn't like that they tried to make him have the relationship with someone else. It was not that much of a good relationship to me. It was kind of boring. So yeah, I did not like this book at all. It was pretty terrible. Get this one a five. <laughs> it was just not cool. a good storyline. Ugh. <laughs> It just, it just now, it just bothers me that it was Anna Maria that Marconi uh, I wanted to be with, but he was with another woman called Emma Hernandez. She was just not much of an interesting character. I liked the other character more. So yeah, it just wasn't really entertaining as a previous Spider-Man, Superior Spider-Man series. I just didn't like that they made Doctor Octopus weak. And he thinks that, oh, I only could defeat Norman Osborn as the original Dr. Octopus. I can't defeat him as Superior Spider-Man. I'm like, what the hell? You're the most intelligent man in the world. Like, one of the most intelligent characters in the Marvel Universe. Don't tell me that. It sounds stupid. Whatever. <laughs> it was pretty terrible. And the last one is Kick-Ass number 18. I did like this issue a lot. Is because this book, it deals with the character's name already. Anyway, the main character, she's she is fighting the the gangs of where she lives, and one of her, she has like a group of people fighting like the like the mafia, and and one of her team members end up betraying her, and. She has to fight her off, and she ends up. It's just you get to see her end up killing her off, and she ends up. Another thing is that one of her members gets killed from because the from the. Oh no, she doesn't end up getting killed. Oh yeah, she does end up getting killed. I see it. Okay, my memory's not that good for that. Then <laughs> yeah, she ends up getting killed and. You see uh, the main character go... Her name is Patricia. That's what it was. She, Patricia goes through a lot of emotions with that. And 
she finally kills one of her husband's cousins that was in the hospital because he she did shot him but she didn't get to kill him so he was in the hospital and she ends up killing him in the hospital because she gets mad about the whole because apparently the the person that was betraying patricia um she ends up she was working for one of her i mean her ex-boyfriend's cousin and she ends up killing him in the hospital because she was getting tired of his shit so Another good thing is that Hit Girl is going to be revealed. Is going to finally meet this new kick-ass character that took the mantle. And I really like this book. I give it an 8. This issue was really good. And it had really good action. And the art was okay. But it was still entertaining to read. I actually enjoyed that book. That's pretty much it. Nice. Yeah, so the next when we get to was the boys issue number eleven to fourteen, and I thought that this one's okay. It wasn't too bad. It was all right. Okay. Did you read it? I did. Oh. I um. I really. Oh, you really enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. I. I. This is the furthest from the show it's been, but I. I don't know. I really liked it. I thought it was really funny. The big, oh, I've already forgotten his name, but the big Russian. Yeah, the big Russian, Russian guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> I thought he was funny too. I mean, his costume <laughs> was really ridiculous. I mean. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> he had his penis out, like his, like his yeah. bulge. And it's like, oh God. And it's just like, at the end of the book, he fights a whole bunch of, like, he goes into the club and fights a whole bunch of people there. And there's, like, girls in there, and like, strippers. And he ends up getting horny. And he's like, oh, I can't fight anymore. I'm too horny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It was... I thought... I think this, 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 these issues are where we start to see, like, Fort start meddling with, uh, like, the Russian super soldiers as well. Yeah, I thought it was interesting because it deals with, like, you see, like, there's, like, a Russian lady that makes drugs for superheroes to use, something like that. Yeah. So, you do see what the soldier serum comes from and, I mean, like, the soldier serum that they have, where it comes from and how she makes profit off of it and they're trying to... Yeah. The, the boys were sent to take it down and... It's interesting that you find out the guy that was that sent the boys to to kill the Russian lady that she he had something to do with that like he was he wanted the drugs for himself I think yeah the secret agent that was working for them and that told the boys to do his the job yeah you find out some, like that at the at the end I thought that was pretty interesting I want to see what that leads up yeah. To. Up to the next storyline. And we, we find out that Homeland is getting involved in it as well. Yeah, that's what I meant. He, like, yeah. like the secret agent was actually working for Homelander. So it's just like, yeah. it's like oh, shit. That's going to be some kind of crazy <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited for it because it also means that the next section, I guess, of the story is going to be tying back to the Seven a lot more. Yeah, I hope so because I noticed we... 
have not been dealing with the seven for like two, like for, yeah. for like two storylines already. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. I and it was like some funny parts with the dog and the with the pizza. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah, it was. I thought this was probably the funniest part that we've read so far. Really? What? I think so. I thought, I don't know. I thought it was really funny, but I think the story was less interesting than like with the, the like the Teen Titans ripoff. Oh. I think that was probably a story, but I think this one was funnier. <laughs> it was funnier. I agree. It was way much funnier. I just kind of wish you knew more about the superheroes that were taking the drugs, the super soldier drugs. Yeah, they're not really brought up much. You see them like two times and then Billy kills them and that's it. Yeah, it was just kind of weird how Billy Butcher just like, he just throws a grenade in there and they end up getting killed. That's it. End of story. <laughs> yeah. That was kind of disappointing. It was, yeah, it was a strange way to just wrap that up. I thought, I thought it was going to be a whole thing and like, because you don't even know, like, if, like, I mean, they say and it's implied, but you don't really know what bad things those superheroes have done. Yeah, you don't know. They didn't do much detail with that. And I kind of wish they did. Yeah, yeah so. I thought the, the poison scene was also pretty good. I oh, thought. Yeah. Because Huey turns on the Russian dude they met. And I, I was, I totally fell for it and thought it was the Russian dude as well. Yeah, I thought it was a Russian dude as well because he was like into there was like times that he's watching TV and he was like he was obsessed yeah. with the communism stuff. Like he liked it Russia to yeah. be communism and it's just like I thought he was involved in that stuff. So yeah, it was me like, too. It was a crazy plot twist and I wasn't expecting that. I think it was good though. Um I'm excited to get back to the seven though and see see them start to face them a bit more. Yeah. And oh, you know what's crazy when the when the you see the boys they eat something and they had the like the poisonous vodka I think. And they end yeah. up fainted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not sure was it you think Bully Butcher was setting that up and just pretending that? So no you, idea. I feel like I, it didn't seem like he did, but then it's like the way he just like gets out of it so easily and it like is able to bomb the plane is like he must have planned it in advance for that. Yeah, that's what I was thinking that he planned it in advance for that. Like I think he fooled Huey to thinking that they were poisoned and so they can so he can go off on his own with that with the with the Russian guy and. So he can do his own type of mission. I thought I was thinking he was just distra- like a distraction. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I really like the 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 scene where the guys jumped in the they invade the Russian guy's house with the pizza delivery. Oh yeah. <laughs> and the guy's face was on the pizza. It was just like, oh, I really didn't that, that was... <laughs> and then the dog tries to eat it <laughs> yeah oh my god the dog was the dog is <laughs> so 
sure is something. I just kind of wish they had more of him on the TV show. Me too. Because he's in, like, I think he's only in, like, one scene of the TV show. He's in, like, the background in a flashback. Yeah. Yeah. I think whenever, when I saw, like, the dog, like, trying to eat the face off the pizza and stuff like that. Yeah. I was like... Freak me out a little bit more because at the same time, my bulldog, it looks looks exactly the same walk past. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so, you have a bulldog? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Oh, God. His name isn't Terror, though. I know. <laughs> <laughs> now you kind of wish you did name Terror. <laughs> Probably. That would be too many similarities, I think. <laughs> <laughs> It's so funny. Oh, man. Oh. And the funny thing is that they were trying to, like, tell the dog, this is not food. No, this is not feeding. Yeah. And he ends up doing it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I thought it was pretty... <laughs> I wasn't sure if it made too much sense that, like, when the boys got poisoned, it didn't affect Huey and the Russian dude because... <laughs> They had like shots that were just so strong it killed poison. <laughs> oh yeah, that was a bit weird. <laughs> that was a bit weird. So it was. Um, yeah, I'm excited to keep reading it. I think it's it's a really good series so far, and I see why they chose to make it a show. Yeah. Um, I like to see more of the parts where it overlaps with the show, so I can sort of try and compare them a bit more and see which one I, I think is better. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, don't you think that was funny how the Russian lady that was involved with the drugs, how she gets killed in the airplane, like where the the dildo? <laughs> yeah. As soon as it turned on, it just went boom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the dude, like, people were just staring at that thing the whole entire book. <laughs> yeah, and just like, oh, my God, this book goes way over the top with <laughs> yeah, with all the I, was about that. I can't imagine the show ever doing that. <laughs> it's like very sex, like very sexual stuff going over the top. And it's like, oh god, yeah. And it's in the the guys the air the the pilots was making me laugh too because they weren't expecting the the ship in the back to be all blown up and they like <laughs> crashing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was so freaking funny. Oh, my God. Yeah. I think the only problem I had with it was, like, the boys do all this stuff to get all this information about how Vought is, like, backing Russian, like, groups. And then at the end, they finally finish their job and they go back to the CIA with it and they just throw it out the window and it doesn't mean anything in the end. Oh, yeah. That's that's, that's why I was kind of, like, so and so for this story. I didn't like it too much. Yeah. I think I would give it like seven point five. Or okay. Eight. Yeah. It was it was or an eight maybe. I don't know. It was just it was very entertaining, but at least the humor aspect, but the story was yeah. not really that interesting. <laughs> I think I think I'd normally give it a seven, but I I'd give it a seven point five just because it was really funny. Yeah. I agree. It was really funny. And I'm looking forward to the next next parts and see what it's like. Me too. And I really liked the the Russian guy. He was pretty funny. Yeah, I like the um, when he pulls the bottle up 
there's one of the panels and it's just like he's holding it next to his face and he's got a big smile. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> and so, yeah, um, I I really I did sort of enjoy this one. Is there anything else to talk about it? I think that's pretty much it, right? I think we got everything. I think I've got a feeling it's going to be like, because it was like they planted bombs in the heads of all the superheroes. So I wonder if Vought's going to do that with like any other ones. And it's going to just make it easier for the boys to sort of take them out. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's that's it for that. All right. So I think I would end the podcast here. So, oh. so yeah, I hope everybody enjoyed the show and thought it was interesting to learn about. So, yeah, I will try to get the episode out as soon as I can. And, um... <laughs> <laughs> And hopefully I'll be done catching up with comic books. Um, so far, I only had three months of comic books to catch up on. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting there. It's okay. Because the good thing is that there's not a lot of new comic books coming out. Because yeah. Marvel only comes out with four books a week. And DC is still, like, getting, like, it used to be four, and now it's ten. So they've been increasing, I guess, now because they have their own shipping company. Now they can just release all the comic books that they've been trying to release during this coronavirus. And there's been some delays been going on, but it's yeah. they're trying to release all these comic books at on time. So yeah, hopefully I'll end up catching up within the next month. And it'll be much easier for me to edit the episodes in, on time. and Yeah, for sure. Hopefully be on top of it. <laughs> so, yeah, I just I hope people, more people try to subscribe to my YouTube channel. and it, Just hit it. Get the bell. <laughs> all, that, all that good stuff, you know. Yeah. So, um, I'm going to try to put it on. I'm going to try to at least put the podcast on Red Edit, which I haven't been doing that. But, uh, yeah, I just hope it gets more attention and I hope people like this episode. So, all right. So I see you guys on the next podcast later. Thanks for listening, everyone.